Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead. And I'm Scott Beer, cold beer enthusiast. Welcome to episode 18 of Beer Nuts the Podcast. And we are here on a fine Saturday morning. In the East End at Leftfield with Mandy and Mark, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. Pleasure to be here. Um, What a wicked spot. How you guys doing? Everything's good? Everything's great, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Super busy these days. It's uh, (laughs) a little out of control. Yeah, I think, it's the same. I think it's the same for everybody in beer right now. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good Not time, so. man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a really good time. Good for, time in craft beer in Ontario and yes. Toronto specifically. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a really, really good uh, good thing. So you guys are based out, um, so folks don't know, I guess Toronto's really like such a big place. So it's sort of quite separate. There's always like East End breweries and West End breweries. The city is that big. So we're in the, does the area have a name? Or is it just East End? We're in Leslieville. So. Oh, this is Leslieville, yeah. Yeah, okay, we're, so. uh, most people don't realize, but it, we're in the very yeah. like northwest corner of Leslieville. It's, okay, okay, okay. But when we when we opened here, there were no breweries in the East End. There were just really excellent craft beer bars. Okay. And uh, now there are so many, you can do a walking loop, visit 9 or 10 right. in, in the course of a morning or an afternoon. That's amazing. Would you guys say that this is probably the, this is the highest concentration then? No, I think the West has still got yeah. to be. Yeah. 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 yeah, for now. Yeah. For now. For now. Um, what we should probably do then is start with something, and I want to get into the story. So we have a significant volume. Yes. Is it's there a direction you want to go with this? Where should yes. we start? Is it, really? is it like sort of camera left to right, camera left to right type of thing? Or? We should probably go from lightest to least intense to most intense. Right. So you probably want to start with the double day, which is right here on the end. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, this is Dry Hot Pills, 5-6. These ones are fun. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't need a glass for these. Oh, you don't? Oh, look at that. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, tell us about these uh, cans. I've never seen any of these in Canada before. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Okay. <laughs> I made it, I made it. Uh, I guess the, the longer story with that one is we got a new canning line in December, and when it came down to choosing our our specific can and our specific lid, mm-hmm. um, Crown offered this you thing called... You do one, you do one. Crown offered this thing called a okay. Super End. Okay. The Super End actually uses 15% less aluminum than normal lids. Okay. And these these lids are Super End Super Ends themselves. So you can right. get a regular lid, and you can get the 360 lid, you can get the vented lid, you can get the wide mouth lid. You get the color right. tabs. We, color tabs. Wow. You can do all oh, those things, and that's well, just endless options. Yeah. Okay. So this this is called the. That's you. called the 360 end. <laughs> the 360 lid. Okay. Yeah. And um, what was the motivation to go with this one? Uh, we'd just seen them in the U.S. for quite a while, and I thought specifically it would be great for a dry hop pilsner or even yeah. a session IPA or really anything. So this is just amazing. our first foray. Fantastic. Love it. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Get it in you. Get it in you. Oh, hell yeah. Would you dry hop this one with? This one has citra. Um, Solid can never yeah, go wrong. Can never go wrong with citra. Okay. This is good so, breakfast beer. I yeah. like this. This is so uh, a good start to my day. Yeah. Is that some other dry hopping? 
There is. I'm trying to remember. Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin. 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 Yeah, Mandarin. Another yeah. one you can just That's throw in everything. Uh, it's all German like malts and yeah. German yeast. Right. Okay. Mandarin is, like, keeps popping up yeah. lately. It feels like it's like a more and more popular hop to do, to, to I guess, to either brew or dry hop with, but also um, I feel it's hard to get. Is that correct? It's not bad. It probably is a bit more expensive than U.S. hops right now. It's sort of the Germans' take on uh, Pacific Northwest right. U.S.-inspired right. hops. Okay. Um, that along with Hull Melon and probably a few others. But Okay. Interesting. I like I like to see it pop up. I don't think I've seen it in a, in a pill. It's like a lighter style. It's usually IPAs and stuff. Um, so let's get to the story. So I want to know, I don't know what makes the most sense, where the individual <laughs> stories, how you both got into beer, <laughs> yeah. and where that converges, and then the story of the brewery. Because I, I don't understand sports or baseball yeah. at all. So I do. When we did the other box with the, um, the delivery one, I didn't yeah. understand. Scott was like telling me what an ethos was. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had no clue what any of this stuff meant. So I would like to sort of uh, dig into some yeah. of that. I suppose I could go first, because um, I went to school to be a chartered accountant, and I eventually got that and did that for about five years. And just working at a desk, long hours, I knew eventually that I didn't want to do that forever, and that I wanted to do something for myself. And I also knew that I liked to work with my hands. Okay. Um, and around the same time, I was just loving beer and seeing it explode in the U.S. and getting more and more popular in Ontario. Just thought there was a lot of opportunity there. Um, same time, while on an audit, I found the Niagara College Brewmaster program, yes. uh, and so I applied. I actually applied without telling Mandy. I thought, well, I'll apply, and then we'll just see what happens. Oh, to, to <laughs> clarify, you guys are married. Yes, married. yes, yes. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I've seen that. So yeah, I applied, and I was part of the first intake of students. Uh, I thought that was incredible. Just like to get the out. very first. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. I thought cool. that was great. When was that? Sorry, you got you. Two thousand. No. Ten or twelve. Yeah. Ten. Ten. Might have graduated oh, in twelve. Super yeah, recent. Okay. Yeah but enrolled in 2010. I thought that that's like a head start on sort of where the industry was going and getting in there first to be right. a graduate of that program. Right. So now more and more graduates are opening their own breweries, but we had that little bit of a head start. How big was the first graduating class? They Every year they take on 24, um, but I think we probably only They're had 19 or so graduates. Various people found brewery, brewery jobs before they graduated. Uh, we had some like fresh-faced high schoolers think they wanted oh, to get into brewing. Uh, right, right. Realized it wasn't just drinking all the time. It was actually <laughs> science. Bit of yeah, it's a common, a common <laughs> misconception yeah. that brewers drink all the time, yeah. morning till night. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not a constant School party. is what you make it. It could be a party school, but right. still lots to learn. And of course, yeah. You have to take it seriously. So That's sort of how it started in accounting. Eventually, I knew um, I had that background in accounting and brewing now, and Mandy was more on the sales and marketing side. We, we thought that if we combine those forces, we could like, do a lot together. Do it all together. Yeah, before Mark discovered the, the program, we were writing business plans for like weird things that we wanted to open ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I think we had got like, an info packet from one of the big pet stores like, yeah. to open a franchise of a pet oh, wow. store. Like, we, did oh, not we, know, like we didn't know what we wanted to do, but we knew we wanted to do something together and on our own because we had a complementary skill set. Uh, and then the beer thing was just like a light bulb moment. Mark came home from that audit and had read uh, a beer blog and said, I'm going to enroll in this program and go to Niagara. Yeah. I'm going to quit my job. We're gonna, we had just moved into the city. Bought, I bought a house in the city. He's like, I'm going to commute to Niagara and go yeah. to school for two wow. years, and you're going to support the two of us. <laughs> and I said, no, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, think again, friend. And then, uh, and then he got accepted to the program, and we had... Actually, he didn't get accepted quite that easily. He called mm. the admissions out. The program was full. He was a little yeah. late. When I, when I applied, I sort of assumed that like a university-level degree would cover any prerequisites they needed, specifically like 
grade 12, you know, chemistry and stuff right, like right. Or grade 10 chemistry it was. And so, and I wasn't really familiar with the Ontario college application process because I'd been out of it for so long. Didn't really know what I needed, but I applied. And then I didn't go anywhere for a long time, and I, I hassled them for a while, and eventually I got waitlisted. Every day, every single yeah. day. Yeah, as soon as I was on the waitlist, I knew there was the a window of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So, persistent guy. Yeah, he's gonna make this out the door. Yeah. So he yeah. went off and did that, and then right around that same time, I was working in marketing for a large telecommunications company, and uh, I was offered a job from a former colleague in the wine industry okay. in a brand management role. And so I was like, okay, yeah, if I go do that for a little while and Mark goes off and learns beer, like we could probably combine those skill sets one day and do something on our own, maybe, and it, maybe not, at least this is a chance to learn something new. So I was managing a portfolio of ciders, cooler spirits, and flavored wines across mm -hmm. the country, coming up with new brands and right. pitching them to the liquor boards. Uh, so it was really good training to yeah. for this. That's perfect. Um, yeah, and then so we started as a contract brewery. Out um, of Brunswick? No, at no. a very tiny Ontario brewery. <laughs> so we were at Grand River in Cambridge. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And been there. We yeah. visited yeah. a long time there. And Barley Days in Picton, so like yeah, opposite yeah, ends yeah, of the yeah, brewery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, driving like crazy and bringing, uh, bringing empty kegs back every weekend. We would yeah. rent a U-Haul trailer and lug all our empty kegs back. And we were just selling our beer on draft. We didn't package anything. We didn't okay. have LCBO listings. We were just doing draft just to like build our presence and awareness in the market. And that was 2012. Um, and that was 2013. 2013, yeah. Okay. Um, when we launched, there were a limited number of contract options available. There was like Wellington and Cool, um, Black Oak, Black Oak a little bit. Sawdust yeah. was sort of locking them up, but uh, <laughs> we didn't want to make a hundred hectoliters. That seemed crazy. Um, so we we started out a brewery, Grand River, with ten hect batches, and it just seemed more manageable and right. You know, just ensure you're having fresh beer. And, okay. And how did you find those places? Like, how did you find the great? Because like, those are the, we talk to a lot of people and we hear a lot about contracting. There's two names that never came up for uh, yeah. Well, yeah. The thing about yeah. Grand River is um, they make the styles that they make, but they're always clean. And they, right. they, you know, they make clean beer. The, the water in Cambridge is a little hard and not what I was used to, and I'm glad we're brewing here now, but uh, they make good beer. So we were happy to go there and have them make the beer. And have it on a manageable scale yeah, and work right. with another like husband and wife ownership team and it was like very small and intimate and easy to manage and we didn't, we had never run a brewery, we'd never run a contract brewery, right. we never run our own business before so right. it was like tiny and we were just kind of yeah. like feeling it out Maybe and learning along the, along the way. Yeah. That's really cool. So where does the baseball theme come from? <laughs> is that a yeah. mutual love of yours or is um, I guess that probably... I think Leftfield was mine. Yes. I think yeah. Mandy will agree to that. Yes. That idea. It's funny because we started dating in 20, 2001 or 2002. So I had like this, it's, uh, I joke, but we had like, I had this checklist of things that I wanted my future wife to be interested in. <laughs> Skiing, <laughs> baseball. And that's pretty much it. Skiing and baseball. <laughs> Skiing baseball. Like willing to ski. Right. right. <laughs> As opposed to just watch you. Yeah. yeah. And baseball. Because I, I started playing in T-ball, in like as a five-year-old, and I played ever since. I didn't grow up playing hockey. It was always baseball. So. Right. Um, and she sort of, I think, eventually came around to the idea because it just lends itself to so many stories and branding opportunities, and it's, it's memorable. Right. In, yeah, in my, in my brand training at the wine company, it was like 
stand for something and yeah. at least people can pick you out of a crowd if you have this thing that ties everything together. Right. And so for us, my thought was like, our goal is to just make really good beer, have fun and enjoy what we do. Um, but if people can really remember the really good beer part, and I had that really great beer at that festival or at that bar, and it was just from that baseball brewery. Like the beer was getting busier and busier right. and more and more crowded. Right. Uh, and I saw that had already happened in the wine industry. And so people were buying the cat label or the label with the fat guy on it. Like, <laughs> So they didn't remember the brand name, yeah. but at least if they could remember, oh yeah, the that bowl. really good beer from that baseball brewery, then we were sort of like, like a step yeah, ahead. That's, that's the importance yeah. of branding, right? Yeah. You want to put a face to your name, so. Yeah. It really was more of a casual thing, too. We didn't want to go super classy <laughs> and, and like exclude people from approaching beer as a, as a style, so we just thought, you know, it's like a down-to-earth sort of brand. every day, down-to-earth. Um, and then with us, you'll, you'll never see like home run lager. Like it's got to have a little bit more to it yeah. than that. Some of them are a little a little superficial, obscure, but like we, we prefer to be obscure ones, and have yeah, a story yeah, behind it. So people are like, sure. what is that all about? Yeah. And when you learn it, then you know that fun fact about baseball and you're a bit of an insider. Honestly, Can you please do a home run lager though? Just <laughs> one like, oh, yeah. small yeah. run of it. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, you have to. Dry hot lager. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually felt that. I really okay. did because I had, I just like the beer. I like the style you guys are making and um, uh, particularly at the time, which we'll get into in a sec, but like the Lazy Show and stuff, and like the Mango Lassi one is phenomenal, just because that's the style that we tend to gravitate yeah. towards, and now a lot of your beers are up that alley, which is even better. But I, I didn't even think about that now. I was like, Ephus, that's weird, like, okay. Yeah. And then I didn't see, and then it, it wasn't until we were talking about it, because in the, what's it called, Sunlight? Yeah, Sunlight, Sunlight Park. Park. So that's, I, I didn't, that wasn't obvious to me either, um, and the few of the other brands that I'd had were all very sort of just, like, yeah. whatever, it was a cool yeah, beer, yeah, yeah. like, cool, great, I like it. I really like because we have a marketing agency, so we are very uh, conscious of branding, so we enjoyed it, and then it didn't all, it all came together during that video, and then I was like, yeah, Rally Cap, it's got so, yeah, and to the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we do Rally Cap? Yeah, you did it, you yeah, ruined your hat. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a whole thing, and I, I was super impressed, and I absolutely felt that from Good. As that's a great. consumer yeah. of it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, now this all tied in," and and then now I've been here a few times, and, and sort of the, the, the whole connection. So it should be I, about the beer first, and so and that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's Speaking good of that. beer first, which uh, beer did you start with? What was the first? When we launched, um, our my, our idea was to launch with um, mall forward, hop forward, and an easy drinking sort of thing. Okay. Um, and so mall forward was Ephus or oatmeal brown ale. Yep. Hop forward, we launched with uh, a double IPA. And easy drinking was Maris Arpello. Fantastic. Um, the so Ephus was the first thing, and it was it was a good entry onto a lot of taps uh, around the city because a lot of breweries weren't paying attention to their brown ale. But I think a well-balanced draft list needs to have one. Yep. So that was our in to some of those early bars for Smart. us. It was usually like a secondary brand of most breweries who had a tap at an establishment, and so it would be the easiest thing to convince the bar owner to get oh, rid to be of because like, hey. they would still do business with whoever. <laughs> yeah. They just would give up one of their taps. Like at the time, Muskoka and Amsterdam were making two good brown ales, but they had other brands that were exploding, and they didn't really have time for their brown ales. So focus on we sort of picked right. that up as... So quality-wise is what you're referring to as well? Yeah, totally. And, we, and focus. We, flavor profile. We knew we didn't want to... Or, we didn't want to go really big, and if you have a pilsner or a pale ale or something like that as your as your big brand, like that can get really big and really unmanageable really quickly. So brown ale wasn't a huge volume opportunity, but we thought, let's focus on this. It's small, it's manageable, and it has a place in the market. It should be an easy, relatively easy sell. Right. And it's just a style at the time we like yeah. were obsessed with drinking. Um, we still drink. I still drink Ephus a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised when we had. <coughs> excuse me for that. I hadn't had it before. I thought I had. 
because um, it's the one that's in the LCBO and, and, and whatever. And it was one of the best brown ales I've ever had. And I really am not a fan of brown ales. Yeah. It just, like, <laughs> yeah. just not, it's just a little boring to me, but it yeah. just had all the like, There's maybe too many of them that aren't done extremely well. Yeah, that like, becomes the problem. You, just really you associate that with, oh, it's brown ale, they're boring. There's nothing yeah. to those. So yeah. I never tried it. Done it's well, it's a brown ale, different uh, experience. But I was extremely impressed, and like I think that's a really smart way because no one I've never heard that before. That someone's going to take in a style that probably a lot of people feel, yeah, like like that, and maybe just hadn't had a great one. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, it's a fantastic style yeah. if it's like you said, it's done right. It's a brown ale by name, but I think I sort of designed it to be straddling the line between brown ale and porter, so it's a little I more interesting than a normal brown ale. Yeah, that's a really really smart. Um, did you want to go to the next one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking around. Everyone's glasses. Yeah. Uh, this is next. Speaking rally of rally cap, cap. Do that side. Um, tell us about this one. So paleo with lactose. Uh, five, one. Yep. Azaka and Citra. I'm not going to read the can. You probably better tell me. <laughs> you guys are sitting right here. Yeah. I should talk about it. I should talk about it. I didn't right. design the beer. Um, should so we rinse the glasses or should yeah. we just? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Do a little rinsing, man. Sure. Like you can just throw things <laughs> all over the brewery. Wicked, right? Um, so rally cap, I think this is the, our second batch of this one. Um, the first batch we I mean it's remained unchanged, but we called it a lactose pale ale, and that probably threw some people off. Lactose? What is first of all, what is that? Um, <laughs> Why is there so now it's a pale ale with lactose, it's a little small oh, difference, but yeah. <laughs> um, I drank mine, I don't know. <laughs> so it was designed with the idea of, you know, the hazy, juicy IPAs, mm-hmm. um, and we've just, you know, tried some some pale ales with lactose in our travels and thought, you know, that, that's actually really good and has a little more body and sweetness and it's not as dry as some of the others. Um, and yeah, it's just, I don't know. I like great. it. <laughs> um, what's been is- the feedback with this guy? People loving it. Is it uh, people fan, are, fan yeah, favorite? People are loving uh, it. This one. So with this one, sorry. the stuff that we have in the shop here, like selling the cans online and both here in our shop, has gone really well. It didn't do that well with licensees and kegs. I don't. I don't mm. know why. I think yeah. like the la- the naming thing really threw, right. threw yeah. people off. So I don't know if it's much of a big deal. But this time we switched it from calling it a lactose pale ale to a pale ale with lactose. Like um, to like oh, kind of take a little bit I of like a set, back yeah, seat so like people aren't so scared. Yeah, okay. uh, I don't know if it's going to have much of an and impact, but it is one of our most commonly requested beers yeah. on Instagram. Oh, yeah. People are like, when's the rally cap coming back? Right. I want more rally cap. Where's the rally cap? So yeah, it's, not surprised. It does well there. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Get it in you. Get it in you. We actually, um, Pale Ales for us you know, on draft at like licensees across the city I was listening. don't go that fast like there's so many pale ales on the market a lot yeah so i don't know then you're competing on price and and other sort of things right so, so it's not like a huge focus no i mean we right brew it because we really like it but it's not our fastest moving thing no where did we we're sort of just touching on it earlier so you guys have really moved into the like this i guess uh, whatever new england slash vermont style um beers and when i think you guys were one of the few earlier to jump on it, I would probably argue. I don't know if that's facts or not. Like Laser Show. Well, Laser Show was Laser like, Show was our first. Um, yeah. I think that would have been around the time we discovered it. I think though, because we were kind of late mm-hmm. to the game, like late 2016. Even though it'd been happening in the states for a while, particularly the, of course the Northeast region, then you know in LA, like Monkeyshire and all that type of stuff. Um, where did where did that come from? The interest or the exposure to it, and, and why did you take the risk? 
It didn't seem so risky. They're just so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Why is nobody yeah. doing this? Yes. So tasty. The thing about the style, Laser Show is designed with sort of heady topper in mind, and that is yeah. in, totally like Vermont. And there's Vermont, and, and then, then there's, there's New, New England. England. Right. And so that was our first foray into that using that yeast. Um, and it wasn't really you weren't talking about hazy as as much mm-hmm. as a thing, right? No, yeah. not bad. Just more like juicy and a ton of hops. Right. Um, I was sort of hesitant with the whole thing. I'm not like a traditionalist by any means, but haze for the sake of haze, and if it's if it's just yeast, like it's not going to taste well. So yeah. I don't think we were jumping on it as early as we could have. Okay. Um, I, I think in, probably Bell led that charge. Yeah, Bell has definitely led it, and then maybe like Barn Cat or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like in the context of Ontario, yeah. I'm not trying to say in Canada, but like you know, because I know BC where Twin Sales and yeah. stuff, kind of they yeah. were on it too. But like as far as you know, maybe it's been happening forever because it's just that's just an IPA out there. It's yeah. not a New right. England, it's right. just an IPA. So I think like, definitely our travels and, and going to the US, going to craft brewers conferences and those sorts of things, but also just working with our other brewers who also have those experiences that are a little bit younger than we are. They're more interested in the trends of where beer's going and right. they don't want to make beefus every day. So yeah. that that sort of willingness to, to trust where they see beer going and yeah, just having fun with it. Is this a beer that you think could be a part of your core brand type thing, or the style of beer? I know you have your kind of standard lineup, and then you do fun... We're so hesitant to commit to brands as core because we don't want to fill all of our tanks with one or two or three brands. We have eight eight taps here. That's not a lot of taps. Uh, And when we put something new in the fridge, that's when people come. So if we continue making the same things and growing those brands... I don't know. I just I feel like we'll run out of space pretty quickly, and we don't we don't want to be the next whatever giant right. brewery. We want it to be well, guess, manageable yeah, and the, sustainable. That's the fun part yeah. is constantly yeah. trying new things, evolving, and I guess changing to people's taste. But. Yeah, like we have we have core brands, we have seasonals, and then we have occasionals. We call them. Okay. And Rally Cap is a great recipe. People really like it. And I think if if you have time away from Rally Cap, when it comes back four months later, you're just like, oh, awesome, it's back. So. Okay. I think it also helps the brewing team because it gives them some thinking time on, on recipes. Like, I think this batch of Rally Cap is a lot better than the last one, and I love the last one. Right. But I think, I don't know, if you take some time away from it, you can think about it, adjust, make adjustments, tweak it, dial it in. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What would be the, your core brands? Would you, what would you guys consider? I mean, I guess like, what they've been changing. Like we launched, right. as Mark said, with a malt forward, a hop forward, and an right. easy drinking. So the hop forward was six four three, a double IPA. Yep. It's like a West Coast style double IPA. Okay. I don't think I could give that beer away now. <laughs> it was a great beer. We lo- we loved it very yeah. much. It was excellent, but it's just not. I don't know. It's not aligned with the direction that we're going in. So we said goodbye to it. I, I'd agree with that. And then Maris, our pale ale. I mean, I I love Maris. It's what I want to drink when I get home from playing softball. When I get home from playing hockey, I want to drink a, a, a can of Maris, but. I don't know, it's also not necessarily aligned. It's it's one of those kind of like hybrid, I don't want to call it an Ontario Pale Ale because it gets a really bad rap, but it is a bit of a hybrid. Like we yeah, use Maris Otter Malt, and, English, and then we, yeah, we use an American Ale use. So uh, I don't know, it's not aligned with our direction. So we just skipped our first batch of Maris since we opened the brewery. Uh, we had yeah, had so it available on the show right right right? we yeah. just skipped it. Keg. And we're like, oh, this is okay. The world's like, the world's right, like, still, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, we can do this. So we're brewing it again next week. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily part of the core lineup anymore. But things like Laser Show, the Vermont-style double IPA, and Greenwood, our, uh, our other Vermont-style IPA, those have now become part of the core lineup. All right. Because okay. we can't, simply cannot keep up with them. Oh, like, we'd be sorry. stupid not to keep making them. 
right. no, close. they just unfortunately they right? yeah. Yeah. it's also a little LCBO driven like yeah. we, we submit a lot of things to the LCBO and sort of they decide what we're brewing they decide what our core beers are. Well, I'm yeah, happy like to see this guy in LCBOs now. That's, uh, so it's gone now. Is it gone, gone already? It's just a seasonal, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so how do you guys feel, being that you guys are making the type of beer that we always kind of make fun of the LCBO for not handling properly? Like, I've seen dudes on Instagram call it the LCBO aging program. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, how have you found that they've treated these sort of more, what do you call them? Like I have a lot fra- of, not fragile beers, but... Yeah. I have a lot of strong opinions about this. Yeah. Um, let, us, let us know, man. We... <laughs> We did not uh, distribute through the LCBO's warehousing program. You just oh. you give up weeks when your beer is aging. Right. Uh, you give Close, up yeah. weeks of freshness to do that. Because all so their warehouses are not refrigerated. Their warehouses are not refrigerated. Right, it's a shelf thing. And then it delays your beer by three to five-ish weeks. And I know they're improving that they're improving that number, but until we see refrigeration or right. improvement on that the time, it's not, it's not happening. So we self-distribute. Uh, we did self-distribute. Actually, we've moved to our own. Dis- uh, third-party distributor now, distributor now. They store all of our beer cold. Yes. Uh, and, and they get it out. Yeah. And, and they, then they. And they. Yeah. Just, yeah. They send it out um, in refrigerated trucks. Cool. And, and then they get popped straight in the fridge. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then I, had, I noticed it was always in fridges at the LCBO, never on the shelf. So if you see it not in a fridge, if anyone sees it not in a fridge, just send us a message on Instagram. <laughs> yep. Send us a message to tell totally. us where you saw it, and that will be resolved immediately. Perfect. Yes. Uh, so that's Tyson, a con- that's a yeah. Tyson, our sales rep, he's actually selling it to the LCBOs with that caveat. Say, it should be refrigerated. Right. Yeah. I like that. That's good. And and they're they're like accommodating as they can be for the most part we still catch stores not having it in the fridge Um, it's not always done intentionally like sometimes the buyer will agree to bring it in and then the person who's stocking the shelf doesn't know that so it's not always with intention that shelf space isn't quite ready when we wanted it to be but the other part of that is just working with the LCBOs to ensure that they're only ordering a week's worth of product and so if we go there every single week with new beer then it's really selling fresh and it's not sitting in the back room or a lot of beers not sitting on the floor. Right. So, so it's, it's a lot of management from your end. It is our, our LCBO rep Tyson. He does a he does a phenomenal job with just keeping an eye on all of the stores and not having them over order. Yeah. Um, he regularly on Fridays fills his car with 20 cases of beer and runs it around to the stores yeah. because we've not sent to them because they have too much product and then they've run out over the course of the week. So we're trying to keep it in there like kind of fast and fresh and. Um, making sure it's turning over. It, it's, it is turning over quickly, but making sure that we're not overloading them with stock. I'd rather have them run out for a couple of days. They probably don't want to hear me say that. Yeah. But I'd rather have them run no, out for a couple of days than have yeah. something, a case or two sitting in the back yeah, room warm. Right. So yeah. it takes a lot of management and time, but we think it's worth it. In all, yeah. in all cases, yeah. we know how many um, units they sold last week. So say they sold two yeah. cases and they're ordering six this week. So why why are you doing that? And right. if there's no good reason, then we'll ship them maybe three. We'll see you again next week. Because we don't week. want the and extra cases just yeah. sitting yeah. That's really smart. I feel like most business people are like, oh yeah, yeah money. <laughs> but like, that's really good that you yeah. guys are so dedicated to the quality of the product. Well, I guess it's, it's important that it tastes the same here than it does yeah. there because yeah. as soon as buying it off your shelf, they're associating you with that particular bottle, right? If, especially if it's right. the first time they've had it. Yep. They're like, if this is amazing, they're probably going to come visit you guys at the brewery. If it's not, they're probably going to be like, you know. Yeah. And you, do you know how hard it is to get someone to taste a beer again that they've already had once right. and didn't like? Oh, like, yeah. I've had that before. It's not it's good. Trash. Yeah. yeah. Especially even, with all the thousands of So many of options. options. Yeah. Why would yeah. I want to go back to yeah. Yes. People could write off entire breweries just based on Absolutely. one bad experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, that's what we really, we always say that we're really cautious with, because uh, even when I'll do some stupid photos with you guys later, I'm trying not to do it now to review them. <laughs> but I'm very cautious when I'm like writing the reviews because I'm, I'm like, well, and it's not even because of the podcast, it's before all that. This, I feel like who is anyone to write it off? Like a lot of breweries that 
that when they first started aren't at the position they are now and yeah. it's sort of like oh I, like Hades Up was a great example like we were obsessed I got the little metal thing on my wall and like that's that means <laughs> a lot to us and, yeah. yeah right and the um, we went maybe I think it was September last year we went and the batch we got was terrible mm. I don't know what like damn near drain pour that wow. yeah. like wow. not what was it like, was that's it sure. was right yeah and I even shipped some to a friend in Vancouver who was like excited to try it I'm like, hey, I'm like dude I don't want to tell you like it huh. just didn't live up to it, but I mean, like, I haven't drank it since. Um, we're going to go next week or week after, so I'm, I'm consider grabbing it again. But it's made me hesitant, and I, yeah. I, was, I was posting in Facebook groups. I'm like, "Yo, what's up with Hetty?" And people are like, "Oh man, your palate's just changed." I'm like, "No, yeah. <laughs> like it's not that that real." Yeah. Like, because everyone knows, I guess, that I drink this stuff now, and I'm like, "No, it's not just because it's not juicy. It's just like you know, even uh, one of the greatest beers of all time can, you know, yeah. have, have a little slip up." Yeah. So I just feel like it's really not fair. You do have to sort of give it more chance, but the average consumer maybe doesn't think about that. It's hard to spend your money that way too, right? If you there's so many yeah. new things to try, so yeah. if you want to go back to something, it's because you know it's good and reliable. And Hetty's yeah. a brand like that; it's good and reliable, and you want to keep going back to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. everyone has that same mentality, so it's cha- it's challenging. Beers change over time. Like I made mention that Rally Cap, I think this patch is even better than the last. Beers like will. Come ago. Sometimes the yeast doesn't do always do what you want it to do. Yeah. And uh, well, even an experienced brewery like um, Alchemist that makes Hetty, they go through growing pains. They might have got a new brew house that they're dialing in, and yeah. like as as much effort and care that they're putting in, they could still put out a thing that you know two weeks on a warm shelf doesn't taste as good as you want. So. Right. Yeah, that's really really true. Have you guys seen a um, like have you seen that the tangible effects of placement in the LCBO to your brand like is that uh, maybe like because a lot of guys in your position in the type of group hub like you're the type of place I'd like to like I, I don't really I wouldn't buy it from the LCBO probably I would come here because it's something yeah. to me and we talk about this a bunch yeah. I wonder like if I'm going to pay like come and get beer I want it fresh as it can be mm-hmm. I would rather than my cash go directly in your pocket than the LCBO take a cut so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing but the cash piece is right. Yes, we prefer if you buy it here too. Right. But the uh, like the freshness thing, no. Quite no. honestly, the yeah. the batch that you're buying at the LCBO, ninety percent of the time is the same batch you're buying here yeah. because we manage the beer so that it's running out on draft LCBO and yeah, at the yeah, brewery at the same, same time. time. Okay, so that's really good to know. So that's yeah. cleaned it up. It eh? takes a ton of spreadsheets and <laughs> staring at things you don't want to be spending your whole day looking at. But right. rescheduling, rescheduling, yeah. and rescheduling. Yeah. I just feel and rescheduling. With partic- particular brands that I've had at both the brewery and mm-hmm. at the, I'm not bashing the LCB by no, any means. No, no, I'm no. just saying I feel like when you go straight to the source, you often get the yeah fresher product. For the most part, that's yeah. that's very true. That's generally and it, true it's up the to the breweries to manage that. Yeah. yeah, right. You can go to the grocery store and find a four-month-old can of something. And sure. If right. you know it to check dates, then you're not going to buy that. But yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Do you guys date your cans? I didn't know. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, right there on the side. Yeah, right on the side. Oh, nice. So I've had I'm a um, strong well, advocate of that. Yeah. <laughs> One brewery that's not completely against it is Alchemist. They don't oh, yeah. do that at all. Yeah. And we've had spoken to other people. I mean, next one. Are you leaning uh, for there? No, no, I was actually going to show you the date on the oh, bottle, please, but no, it looks yeah, like okay. we have empty glasses, <laughs> yeah, so we should probably that. go to the next one. Um, we want to do the sour next, which is actually over there. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Before we get into the if big the date, stuff. Oh, if the date was well, canning yeah. date? Oh, nice. That's, yeah. that's packaged oh, yes. on, yeah. So. That's good. So this was canned yesterday? So I've seen... Two days ago? Yesterday. Yeah. It's pretty fresh. Pretty pretty fresh. Whichever one y'all want to go for. You should probably go for the sour, which is beside the sunlight. Yeah, right there. 
Oh, uh, no, we don't have Bang Bang right now. We're oh, out of it. Oh, Squeeze Play, yes. Ooh, tropical Sour. I had the other one the other day. I saw a little grin on the side of his I had the blackberry one last time we came here. That was oh, yeah. fine. Oh, yeah. That was really No, blackberry and it had uh, like tangerine. Tangerine. Yeah. yeah. Get out of town. That nonsense. Um, so I have seen the, the Saison and I think Aoife's and maybe not Maris, but I've seen those two on, on shelves at yep. MCBO. And that's yeah, okay. that's our lineup. Uh, oh, that's okay. Sorry, the Aoife's and the, and the Sunlight, oh, yeah. they... That's okay I don't know. They're a the little. Shelf, they're a little less fragile. They're not hop forward beers, so they they age well. Actually, on on taste panel, Sunlight Park Warm Stored often outperforms Sunlight Park Cold Stored. So really? we're fine with it. It ages quite gracefully. Yeah. Uh, and then Ephus, yeah, it's moving out. Like we brew a lot of Ephus, it moves up pretty fast and fresh. But it, uh, we prefer to have it stored cold. It's just we don't take such a hard line on it as we do with our with, others, right? with yeah. our IPAs. Sure. Um, so, Swiss play Tropical Sour 5-1. Um, what I was actually forgetting to ask before was what the name means. Like, for the people who aren't sports people like myself, what's Double Day? What is that? Double Day is uh, loosely named after Double, it's after Double Day Field, which was named for uh, Abner Double Day, who's the supposed inventor of baseball. Uh, oh, okay. And it's that's... since been discovered by baseball historians that that's a bit of a myth, but the, the historic baseball diamond that's beside the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New yeah. York, uh, it's oh, called yeah, Double Day yeah. Field, and it's just a magical place. If you, I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but you might have. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to Cooperstown? Good. No, I, no. I plan on going. Ha- have to go to Cooperstown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Double Day Field, you walk into it, and you're like walking into the past. History, yeah. It's like everything's made of brick, and it's just Amazing. it's absolutely absolutely yeah. beautiful, and you feel like you're transported back into that time where women were wearing like long dresses and hats right. sitting in the stands, and it's just cool. it's, it's a magical place. So Double Day, we thought was a nice name for the, the like Pilsner, which is more of a like, traditional style. classic style. Makes yeah. sense. Squeeze play. What it, we know what rally cap was. We talked about that. The inside out hat, which is <laughs> as if I can. As a, you turn your hats inside out. I like that to make make them win. To be like, yeah, yeah. that's right. When yes. you're like, yeah. good job. Yeah. No, like when when you're rallying back when you're yeah. down a few runs near yeah. the end of the game, you start getting you catching Again, up right near the end, and you're just cheering. Yeah. It's a way to support to ruin your headwear. There's and actually no one way to rally cap. There's another way that you wouldn't ruin your hat. I'll, I'll demonstrate Let's it. Let's see. I mean, <laughs> Tell I don't us have about the that. Best oh, yeah. Instead of the sideways mohawk. I like that. Oh, that, I like this is that. also a rally, rally cap. cap, too. It doesn't have to be inside out if you really I totally love ruined my hat. Yeah, I yeah, know, right? You just <laughs> match it up. <laughs> it's like freestyle. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Just wear it like stupid. It. Wear it's it silly. Yeah. Like us, yeah, right? Okay. It's like us. You're always rally capping. Always. That's what we do. Every day I'm just going for the team. What on earth is a squeeze play? Squeeze play is. Say there's a runner on third. There's two types of squeeze. There's a suicide squeeze. Actually, they're kind of similar, but suicide sounded pretty negative. I was going to say negative. it's pretty yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the idea with a suicide squeeze or a squeeze play in general is there's a guy on third. Yep. He's coming home regardless. Okay. The batter is laying down a bunt. Yep. If he misses it, yep. that guy's dead because he's <laughs> coming regardless. He has no choice. Because the catcher will catch it, tag you up. Right. There's already so it's relying on the batter to lay down that bunt. Perfect. Okay. And no matter if anyone gets it, the runner's still scoring because he's really coming on the pitch. Right. That's a squeeze play. Okay. We used, we used it because it has and the word squeeze, squeeze in it. Squeeze oh, play. Oh, it's, it's our fruited kettle sour yeah. series. So it's like so. you've actually really like targeted the baseball terms yeah. to oh, yeah. the, the style of beer. It's not like... We try to. It, yeah, there should be a connection otherwise like just marketing for the sake of marketing. I love it. And this is a tropical sour. 5-1 again. Um, anything you need to know about this before we put it in this? Uh, tropical pineapple. includes passion fruit and pineapple. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, let's yeah. cheers. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. So a kettle salad? Yep. That's right. Fantastic. Um, 
You guys are doing really. You guys are doing a bunch of sours, eh? Or is it just this one? I feel like there's others. Well, bang bang, 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 bang which is like yeah. the dry hop standard. So, yeah. and this is a fruited bang bang. Yeah. Essentially. What's a bang bang? <laughs> a bang bang play. It's yeah. like uh, like a quick one two play. One two outs. Yeah. Okay. Two oh, outs. Like, yeah. All right. So like you do like get on first, and then the other dude like piffs that and then gets the other bloke. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So piffs it to get the other bloke. Tell him sports, guys. That's all I know. Um, I got distracted from this. Okay, yeah, so you guys are, are focusing, like, is it sort of like your, like something that you're sort of really into, like the sour, sour stuff? We, um, we love yeah. drinking them. This yeah. is, like I said, Mark's favorite beer. Sorry. Well, one of them. <laughs> yeah. One of them. To date, they've all been kettle sours, and kettle sours get a bad rap, but you can make a nice, drinkable, tart, refreshing yep. beer out of them. Um, we'd like to do more with barrels and bread and all that jazz, but um, we're also in the LCBO, so we never want to risk our clean beers with some sort of wild of course, project. Right. That was kind of what I was getting and at. Like. We've only been operating this building for three years, and it's been it's always been a learning curve, uh, and we wanted to really like master our hoppy beers and really all of our beers before we started experimenting on sort of the wild side. Right. Is a barrel so program it, in the works or even in the thought? It's in the thought. Process. It's not it currently in the works, but I know a lot of our, our other brewers you know, want to do those things, so um, we're totally open to it. It's mm-hmm. just... We're also kind of tight on space, um, yeah. being the 6,000 square feet we have here. We got some barrels in December, and we put our I was gonna say, I swear in them. I've seen them. Yeah, there's some something out there. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, so that's more of a clean barrel program right now. But Okay, meaning no, not like rum or something like that? Well, not bread. Not, that's, oh, not bread, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's our imperial stout and bourbon barrel. Gotcha. We could still put that on our normal bottling line and not worry about it. And not mess it up. Yeah. So you, like, how does it work? How are you sort of managing the sour situation uh, within the scope of how it is now, like the setup? Like, uh, is it like you just do that? That like, how does that work? So the kettle sour, um, it is. It's kind mm. of unpredictable scheduling wise. You don't know if it's going to get to where you want it in 12 hours or 48 hours. Gotcha. Um, we have one souring right now in the brew house over the weekend, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, as people want more and more sours, we think. It's an approachable, easy style. People will call them quick sours or like not the real deal, but the amount of fruit in there is still like an expensive beer to make. It's not that we're trying to like mark it up for for no good reason. Right. I'm a huge fan of kettle sours. Like just so easy to drink, so approachable for someone maybe who hasn't expose themselves to sour beers. It's just, yeah. I mean, so refreshing, so crisp. And there are different type of sour, like the the not the lengthier. What what what's just sour beers versus like barrel aged and sour or whatever as opposed yeah, kettles, to um, yeah. kettle. Like I feel like it's a, definitely a different flavor. You this is like said, the souring process, and yeah. it gives yeah. it a different kind of lighter, crisper flavor than maybe a full barrel aged. Yeah, they're sour a little has. less complex. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What do you guys do with the fruit? Do you use um, fresh or do you do like the purees? Like this, as, as, what's the word? As aseptic. Aseptic. Yeah. yeah. So far, we've mostly mm. stuck to the aseptic puree, just because we're adding them on the cold side. So it's nice to know that they're not infected themselves. Um, and we add that at the end of fermentation. Okay. Or near the end, so that the fruit themselves can re-ferment. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we add like grapefruit zest to Sunlight Park. That's real fresh grapefruit zest, not a processed yeah. thing. Yeah. So. yeah. We've moved away from doing it by hand, but we'll talk about yeah. that. Like at the Sunlight Parks, that was a battle. That was, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people post online about when they're doing the, the fruit zesting day, and they've got like 30 people sitting around the table, like yeah. peeling mandarins oh, yeah. and stuff. I'm like, Years uh, of doing that. It's yeah. Tons of fun. That's, that's a real thing? Like people actually... Oh, yeah. That's how we started, that? yeah. 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 yeah but, it was like a one... But it wasn't 30 people. It was, it was like, a one, in the kitchen two. all yeah. day for yeah. two days. 
possessing the fruit and then returning the fruit to their rightful owner so they could still use the insides yeah. of it. Gosh. Oh, <laughs> not, not a lot of fun? Oh, no. That was okay. Yeah, look at those spreadsheets. Um, how, so as you've sort of grown now, is it, is it like, how has the process changed for you guys? Like, has, has like stuff like that? Like, say, like, stuff like hand, that. Yeah, like a lot of those things have just, like. Yeah, we have a, uh, a strong team. We have a bigger team than we've ever had before. I was going to ask, how is, how big is the entire There are 21 of us all together, okay. full time and part time combined. Um, on the brewing side, yeah, we were a little short-handed for a while, but we have um, a lead brewer, a brewer, now two assistant brewers, and myself. Okay. And I sort of divide my time between all the accounting, because I'm still the only one that does that here, and um, production. Right. So you sort of like the, uh, like sort of overseeing stuff? Yeah. And doing it, sort of, and coming up with recipes and the ideas and stuff? Yep. So yep. a lot of the original beers are my recipes, but a lot of the more recent things, especially Greenwood, which is going crazy, is one of our brewers, Dan, he made that recipe. Amazing. Um, I don't really care where the recipe comes from as long as the beer's good, so yeah, and I still have a say in, in anything that gets made. So. Of course, okay. That's, and how, it's really a team effort right, on the brewing side. Yeah, everything is. Like, brewers, brewers are the people who are packaging, they are, they are washing kegs, yeah. they, like, they're making boxes, everyone's doing everything kind of. Right, there's no like hierarchy type of thing. It's like just get get. No, dirty. really, we yeah, have like dirty. titles and stuff, but everyone's really throwing their hands in and doing everything. I love it. What, what's your role then? Like uh, the all of the thing? other things. <laughs> <laughs> so that I do everything. Else. That's yeah. my job. All of the other things. So primarily like sales, marketing, uh, overseeing. We have a taproom and events manager. Hi, um, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's one of our full-timers yes. on the taproom team. He's lovely young man. Superstar. Kevin's the man. Yes. Um, I was happy when he said we knew him before. He was a yeah, friend, yeah. his friend, and it was. Uh, Awesome, we heard he worked. It's like sick. We're coming. <laughs> we're coming. We look. Then we come see Kevin. Yeah. We have uh, a crew of Kevins. He's one of. A crew. Yeah. Oh, one of many so Kevins. Yeah. Kevins here, and uh, they're, Kevins. they're all pretty great. Um, so overseeing sales, marketing, HR, and then I do the brew scheduling uh, and like the constant reforecasting that we talked about to make sure the yeah, beer's yeah, always yeah. fresh. Yeah. And a lot of the purchasing. Mandy actually has way more direct reports than I do. Like way more because she oversees the whole sales channel, the whole like the tap room. Marketing. Right. Marketing. Yeah. So it's pretty well like sort of split between yeah. you guys at least. People are like, how can you work together all the time if yeah. you're married and don't you want to kill each other? But the reality is we don't see each other very much of the day. Mark's out here on the floor and right. I'm like sitting at my desk or out on the road with the sales team. Right. So do you, do you guys, oh, that's a good question. Did you guys actually start like pounding the pavement like when you were contracting? Yeah. How did that, like you guys were like walking, like knocking on doors type of thing? Well, I, I was the original sales and delivery guy okay. as well. So just... At the time, there were still 10, 15 great beer bars in the city, and those were kind of easy sells. They wanted whatever was new and whatever was good. Right. Um, it helped that I went to brewing school, and I wasn't just some guy. I don't want to say this in a bad way, but a marketing guy <laughs> trying to sell oh, yeah. beer. So, uh, yeah. But now we have a, more of a team to do that. Mark, right. Mark worked at Leftfield and was the original employee for a year before I left my job to join oh, okay. him. So okay. I used my vacation time to do festivals and events and meetings with the LCBO yeah. and brand stuff. Um, and, and, sort of and then revenue. I, yeah, and then yeah. I joined him in year two once we signed the lease on this place. So we did the yeah. contract running for two years, uh, and then we well, we opened this place. We've been here for three yeah. years in the building. We contract grew for one year. Then we signed the lease, and as soon as we signed the lease, we had a construction project to do, of and we had, a and had to keep contract brewing and, and sales to manage. So Jeez. then we needed That's both of us working on it. Yeah, I can imagine. So something that comes up a lot in our uh, chats with with individuals that, um, 
it's contract ruling. It always is a, a topic, and it seems to be a controversial topic in Ontario. It's a dirty word. Yeah, yeah. it's it like, yeah. so I wasn't aware that you guys were doing that. So, like, I, I assume that you have positive sentiments towards, you know, like the idea of testing a brand, particularly as a marketing person. Like, I'm for it because I think it's great. That why wouldn't you? Like, cool, you're going to drop a million bucks on a brewery, like, good on you. And then, what, and then it fails because you didn't test anything out or you didn't get any, like, brand recognition first. Whereas others that are a little more purists, like, it seems, like, very seriously, like, against it in Ontario. People, like, get, like, heated about it. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, they're not serious. They're just, like, well, there's brands. I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe people like yeah. you guys are, like, the shining star. Like, yeah. like, you started that. And then the idea was always, I assume, to have a facility, That's which right. is... Yeah. Most people get into beer not to go sell can sales EPO. Like you want to have a place. That's the it, point. That's true. Though we didn't have this this set plan that it was like contract proof for this amount of time. Build the space, move out of it. It was like we were kind of trying on the running a brewery thing for size. Yeah. Like, is this for us? Is can business we do planning it? on the go and business case to actually approach banks and investors. Be like, look, we actually have a real product that's actually in the market. Instead of just having this idea on paper, and, mm-hmm. like, here, lend us money. We actually could okay. say, like, look these sales, um, look what we're creating. Like, yeah, Dex and probably will marketing stuff, like all your branding. And yeah, everything. and you but can come up with all that stuff without a contract brewery, but it's like, well, I don't know, everyone's trying to do it. Much, so yeah. at least we had some real market examples and some accolades on the beer and some customers that would like raise their hand about for the quality. Mm. Um, so that that helped us. Mm. But Mark always likes to say that there's a million ways to, be, to build a brewery and that just happened to be the way that worked right. for us. It's not necessarily the right way to do it. Mm. Uh, and then there's many people that are in the contract game and that's just their business. They don't they don't want to build a brewery and they're just doing, they just have a different business than us and they have that? different... That's Everyone that's needs fine. To make a living, do what you do what you Enjoy want to. Yeah, yeah just I, mean, I don't like the market being flooded with with bad beer. So as long as you're making good beer and you're doing the right things, then who who really cares? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think from. that's yeah. my stand on. People's yeah. authenticity and love for beer will come to the surface. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes time. So you may write a contract brewer off just because they're a contract brewer, but then you meet mm-hmm. them at festivals and they're nice people and you taste the beer and it's actually good. Yeah. So they get a little bit of credibility. Um, so it's hard to judge right off the bat. There's contract yeah. brewers that are making excellent beer, and there's like physical bricks and mortar breweries that are making terrib- right, terrible yeah, exactly. beer. And so yeah. what I don't want to see in the market is bad beer because someone someone tries craft beer and they're like, I don't like that craft stuff. It's bad. And then they write all of us off right, together. So yeah. we're we're like a team. We're all after the same thing. So we want everyone to come to the table with great beer and care about the detail and stuff that we care about. Yeah. And yeah. you don't always see it, and it's unfortunate, but it doesn't mean that it's because you're a contract brewery or because you're bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. Right. For for contract brewer, it's just a bunch of misconceptions. One is that it's a profitable enterprise and it's going to help you build. It's going to help, help you build a real brewery. It's not going to help you build anything. No. Uh, it'll help you build your business not case. Not to crush any right. of your hopes and dreams, <laughs> but uh, yeah. there's just not like there's too many there's too many parties taking a cut along right. the way. You yeah. cannot make money that way unless you're really 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 big. And yeah, right. good luck to you. Um, and the other misconception. Another one. Sorry, cut you off. Help you make money? I don't know. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's that you're right. going to build pretty? No. no, I don't know. Okay. It'll come back to you. It will. jump back in. So then what would you say to, um, say, like an aspiring brewer? Like, do you have any sort of, like, do you guys have advice from the way that you guys are doing? Because you guys are, it's, I feel like, would you say we talk to a lot of people that actually do the contract and, and end up in a brewery? Because I kind of, it feels like it's not that common, which is why I'm sort of hanging on to this topic a bit. Would you say no, well, Scott? Sorry, I say it's say it's kind of mixed. I don't know. You get a little bit of both for the most part. Yeah. Um, I just feel like maybe not enough, like there's not enough like you know people that are maybe even discussing it because maybe in Ontario it's like oh, you don't want to tell nobody that you're 
yeah. contract like do you guys have any that's a problem as well yeah. I have oh, major yeah. opinions about that you should be honest about who you are and what you're doing right. and if you're contract brewing you should be very upfront about yep. about that that you're not making the beer yourself uh, and yeah. we tried to it should it say on the label way. where it's made just not it is legally required to say yeah. on the label yeah. where it's made okay did did you guys have any pushback when you were contracting because I don't know how fresh this whole like issues we, are I don't think we did just because we back then it wasn't as common as it is now I remembered my other misconception Please. is that um, it's easy or it's like cheap to get into it's right. actually launching as a contract brewer isn't cheap you have to be invested in that and right. we'll see more people fail that didn't realize that oh this is actually more expensive than I realized and I'm making less money than I ever thought possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyone that is doing it is commendable because they're taking a risk and they're following their passion. Right. But um, it's not easy. So. Right. Do you guys have any like advice or anything to, to maybe brewers who are doing it that way or sort of like considering getting into they want to do this? I think like, for myself, I was quick to judge that as our only way in. And I knew I didn't want to make a brew pub because I had no idea about running a restaurant. But if I had to consider that a little bit longer, maybe there's also a nano brewery you could start there. Yep. Um, that's not easy either. Or you can be a brew pub or a contract brewer. There's, there's different ways to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, any contract brewer should work at a brewery for at least a year to know what they're getting into. Right. Not just launch it from their couch or whatever. Just fair. You have to. Yeah. Like get dirty. Be experienced and yeah, know yeah, what you're yeah. I'm sure there's like nuances that you just sort of pick up, whether you're on the brewing side or even like maybe on the marketing side even, to see, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things just being here day to day, and like, oh wow, I didn't even think that was yeah. a Yeah, there's so, there's so much to learn. You're, you're mm. running many, like kind of mini businesses mm. in one, right? You're running a distribution company. Yep. You're running a manufacturing operation. It's like a factory. Store. You're running a retail store, and you're running like a, a bar and restaurant, like hospitality stuff. Oh. So it's all these mini businesses in one. So maybe Jeez. if you're looking to get started, figure out what you know really well, and do that first to start and build your brand. Right. I never thought of it like that, eh? That's you know manufacturing, a... then do contract brewing. If you right. know yeah. hospitality, maybe open a brew pub first and like pick Take something that you can lean on right. a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I want to touch on uh, something on that in a sec, but should we yes. go yes. next? Let's just um, keep it rolling. Y'all tell us. You, you guys are in charge. Yeah, we probably sunlight should. Sunlight Which one's Yeah, I would go sunlight, sunlight? Next. Let's do it. Is this one you want to notice some sediment in there? Keep the sediment at the bottom? Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes we'll get emails about um, some of our tall bottles in the LCBO. The sunlight's probably a good one that'll happen this summer. This is fun, just throwing the water on the ground. (laughs) uh, These don't really stand up in your fridge that well, so people lay them down on the side. And then the uh, sediment sort of right. is on the side of the bottle now, and then they go to stand them up, and Pours then it falls, right. and it, the beer it looks chunky, chunky right. they don't understand, but that's fine. Yeah, that's it's yeast. Fine. <laughs> it's fine to drink it, definitely. It's tasty. And it, it, it's yeast. It's yeast, right? It's not a problem. Does it make much of a difference with, like, uh, is, it, is it better to sort of, like, stir it up in, a, it in a beer like this? Or is it kind of, because, you know, like, say, with, um, like, IPAs, or even, like, specifically the haze and... I've seen people do it, like you give it a little swell and that last little part and then chuck it in to get the... the yeah, I, I think it's you know up to you and whatever you've had good experiences with. Like in a wheat beer, if you find that in your glass it's a little hazier and a little nicer, mm-hmm. great. Um, definitely don't save that last drop to the end because it's pure yeast. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's why we usually like I think people yeah. do it like just mixing because sometimes when we take doing the videos and I pour we we try yeah. to get through a bunch it's I just pour like half half and then yeah. like I know this is a hazy beer but it's <laughs> clear, hazy right? one's yeah. clear yeah. yeah or something like that yeah. and then I've, I've still, I saw people do the little swell and I was like oh I started doing that but then sometimes mm. you get that full like bam yeast uh, mm. face punch isn't always fun you should get it down here sometimes <laughs> yeah. you get a little too much yeast going on that, like, um, oh, the heartburn type yeah. of thing you need that tums so There's this certainly is certainly nothing wrong with it with, can, the with the yeast, yeah, yeah. just yeah, no, yeah. it's good it's stuff. Tasty. That's yeah, why we leave it in there because it's yeah. fine. I love it. Oh wow! So this is Sunlight Park. Sunlight Park, that's right. Okay, and it's five something. Three, two, three, okay. three. I think. It's a grapefruit three. season. This is the one with the grapefruit uh, zest. Yep, that's right. Cheers, 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 cheers. guys. Yeah, eight years old. That's sick. Yes, so much grapefruit. Um, what's something? Oh no! no tell, tell us about the beer, and then we'll talk about what. Uh, well, it's a beer we started making back in our contract days. I think probably even at Grand River, um, maybe four years ago. I think we made this one at Barley Days. Barley Days. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Do you guys know Brett? Brett. Yep. Yeah. Brett, yeah. Yep. Good luck. Hi, um, <laughs> Brett. Hey, Brett. So this is the one. It has grapefruit zest, and the way we sourced the grapefruit zest in the early days is we borrowed. <laughs> Grapefruits from Greenhouse Juice Company. Wait, wait, wait! You borrowed, borrowed grapefruits. grapefruits. I had, I had this idea. Like, I don't. We're not after the juice necessarily. That would be a good beer, but yeah. we only wanted the zest, and I didn't want to buy all the fruits just to have no use for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So we, and they're a juicing company, and they don't need the zest. So we borrowed their grapefruits, zested them by hand at home, returned them without the zest, and then they just continued to press, press them and make juice. Yeah, because so essentially zest is just taking the. Colored part on the skin, yeah, you leave right. the pith or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's still not even physically touching. The it's fruit. fine. And they were bringing in fruit every day. Yeah, they had a lot juice. of grapefruits. So it's like they could use it. The risk would be if it was like sitting around for a week, then the fruit starts to get like hard and right, still or whatever. Right, but right. they were using the fruit so right quickly away. that we could just take their tomorrow's fruit away for a day, zest it, and bring it back, and it doesn't impact their business at all. So. Amazing. Yeah. That worked well, but we just found that we were driving, you know, halfway across the city just to get zest and then spend a couple hours zesting. A couple and then, hours. It and took then, like a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wait, you, who did actually did the zesting here? I did a lot of zesting. Oh, did you? Okay. And then you'd have to drive the fruits back, and it just seemed like a waste uh, of time. So. Then you would have to get the zest to Barley Days. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ship it up there, yeah. <laughs> Sounds it was like a an mission. adventure, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> needless to say, you don't use the same procedure anymore. So. No, but we, we still used, we did that here for at least the first oh, year, maybe oh, really? our second sort of season of sunlight, until we found an actual juicing company that will do it for you. Right, so you'd say just give us a whole yeah, bunch of Yeah, so zest. now we're ordering yeah. kilograms of zest at a time. And I like you're getting the sweetness from the zest, not like the yeah, bitterness of it, which usually when you, you hear grapefruit, you think really bitter yeah. and tart, mm-hmm. and this is yeah. more of the sweeter yeah, aspect of that. Yeah, yeah, it's not the peel, just the zest of the pith will right. give you that, would be the bitter that part. bitterness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. That's awesome. Um, what is Sunlight Park? I assume a baseball field? It is, yeah. Yes. So it, it, it was the first uh, stadium to host a professional baseball team here in Toronto back in 1886. It was an all-wooden structure. It was just down around the corner from us here, so it was in, right here in our neighborhood. Sweet. And to me, it just sounds like the most summery beer you could imagine. Like totally, Sunlight Park, I can yeah. imagine sitting in the stands of that dime and watching the game, drinking, drinking this beer. I, I'd imagine they weren't um, serving saisons back then. <laughs> yes, the, yes, probably not. Who knows? No. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. You know what? Maybe they were. I know Ontario there. Yeah. Yeah. Belgian. It's yeah. actually called Sunlight Park because in the in like the shadows behind the outfield fence was the Lever Brothers uh, manufacturing plant mm-hmm. where they made Sunlight Soap. Uh, so it was called Sunlight Park. Uh, 
I love it. I like yeah. the stories, man. It's, it's so funny to me. <laughs> that, so- that's like the trifecta of our beer naming. It has to do with beer, <laughs> our local history, yep. and baseball. Wow. So and the, the seasons that we sell it in. Yeah. And the seasons? Okay. Yeah. What's the beer one, then? Which are the ones that has to do with beer? Or you mean that, like, all the names have all three elements? Well, it's hard to get that local touch. That's right. true. Um, like Ephes, oh, like Maris or something, because yeah. that's the, after the malt. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maris and is Roger the malt, Maris and Roger Maris. Maris. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's a baseball connection. Ephes Sports. is a type of pitch. It's a law ball, and the idea there was that it catches the batter off guard. Okay. And for people who had preconceived ideas on what brown ales are, hopefully it catches you off guard. Gangster, just gangster. I love it. Do you guys have little like cards or explanations of this? I yeah. feel like there should be like literature Usually on the back of the can, can or right, a little can. right. I think it would be fun to release a card like a baseball card series, oh, right? Yeah. Right. Because we do a lot of beers that don't ever come back. It's like one off. We tried it. We're like, yeah, that was pretty cool, but right, we don't uh, need to make it again. Right. So it could be have like some a history, like, right? Yeah. 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 There's lots of things you can do with it. But, but. the EFAS especially, especially like the YouTube videos speak for themselves. So actually seeing them in the oh, Japanese leagues or even in the it. major leagues. Have you seen oh, the EFAS pitch? No. Yeah, you need it's to hilarious. watch it. It's so, it's so, so hilarious. Funny. Usually the batter, yeah. because the ball comes in so high and he's like, what is happening right now? They're used to a fastball coming across the plate right. and they're not expecting this slow high thing. So they'll usually either swing and miss it or just step out of the box and start laughing. Yeah. They, have no, they did not expect that at all. <laughs> okay. It's like, what is this? I'd like to know how what percentage of EFIS pitches are actually thrown for strikes because I feel like it's a, yeah. it's it's a pretty low percentage. What percentage are hit for home runs? That, that, right. <laughs> right. I bet it's like 50 50. What, what, and it's just to throw them off guard, just to try to ruin yeah. the momentum yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Just to like mix, mix it up in the yeah. box too. Just a bit of lulls. For lols, they do for lols. For the lols. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, one right. thing I always yes. appreciated about this brew pub, tap room, whatever you want to call it, um, is the kind of community aspect. So there's a family feel here. I was just telling these folks, uh, Tiffany, who hadn't been here before, that like often you'll come yeah. here in the summer. The garage door will be open. The Jays game will be on. There'll be there'll be families here. There'll be dogs here. It's like a, there's a real ballpark feel to it. Was that part of the concept, or did that kind of just happen? through opening this place. It was pretty late in the build that we came up with that I, that idea, to be really? honest with you. We had like a closet-sized bottle shop yeah. uh, in the original drawings, and then we went to one, of, we were talking about the Craft Brewers Conference oh, earlier. Yes. We went to Craft Brewers Conference in Den- Denver, yeah. and we walked the city and we visited so many tap rooms, and the concept was food trucks, they didn't do their own food, it wasn't yeah. a brew pub. Uh, it was just the beer they made there, you couldn't get cider, wine, other beer from anywhere else. Uh, they were really family friendly, they were really casual, you could hang out, order in your food, get it from the food truck. Um, often they would use their production space as part of their, when production wasn't happening, they would use this, the space that way, so it's like a nice flex use of the space. And we had, we hadn't really seen that in Toronto, like the only yeah. tap room we had seen was really Steam Whistle and that's downtown and it's near the stadium and right. it's a completely different model. So right. we hadn't seen that in Toronto, we're like, why can't we do this? This is like really cool. So. We came back and we talked to our architects and we changed all the drawings and we gave as much space as we could. We wish we had, we had more, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we gave more space to people because we thought it, it's something that could really take off, especially in a neighborhood like this, which is predominantly young families, young families. Right? Yep. And yeah. what we hear from parents all the time is like, I can bring my kids here and they kind of like run around yeah. and nothing's precious. Exactly. They don't need to sit in one spot like they would if I took them to a restaurant and like mm. behave themselves. Right. Uh, there's other kids to play with and then not having a restaurant, we get away with having the dogs come in because yeah. uh, we're not a food, like we're not a food right. establishment. So do you have some, 
I swear you got something. It's like just like packaged right? chips. Oh, just packaged uh, chips, and we have cracker jacks, of course. Uh, <laughs> and that's then there's some something. like locally packaged like meat and meat you and got cheese, that one. Yeah. Uh, some meat and cheese in the fridge. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, dope. I actually just noticed when I walked in the, uh, the park benches up there now. They weren't there before. Like this was like completely off. Uh, so we, we actually put those out on uh, sort of Friday evening and weekends. It's sort okay. of an expanded tap room. Nice. But Monday to Friday, it's our shipping and receiving, and we've got stuff all over this place. Right. Yeah, everywhere. So yeah. that's really smart. And that's just to sort of give you know people coming in, and uh, yeah. I'm sure that space gets wrapped pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 As the brewery grows too, it's interesting the the tap room, like extended space with the picnic tables, yeah. and the brewing needs are starting to like smash up against right, each other. Yeah, right. uh, so it'll be interesting to watch that as we continue yeah. to grow and how the customers compete with the, the brewers. With the space. So you do have room to expand though, eh? Like, I mean, we you do, could yeah. chuck another guy here at least. We have maybe. eight, uh, we have eight uh, 40 barrel fermenters right now. We've engineered the space to uh, accommodate 12. So we have some space to okay. grow that's already like pre-piped. Yeah, just in front of these three here. Oh, just in front of the front. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then one more against the wall on that side. So it can be two rows of six. We can have 12 40 barrel fermenters in here. And then and even a lot of stuff behind the cameras right now is more just typical warehousing stuff that we could have at an offsite and right. just bring it just in time. Yeah. Um, right now our, mobile, our canning line, we just bring in place when we're using it, but right. it'd be nice to get it set up permanently like this at the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was this building before you guys came in? For 60 years, it was a roofing company. Okay. Um, Actually, immediately before us, it was a gymnastics club for kids. <laughs> okay. And the state it was in at that point um, was just crazy. We, when we got the space, it was not designed to hold a brewery. So we redid the floors, we sandblasted the, the walls, the ceilings, nice. new electrical, plumbing, everything. Drain slopes, Drains, floors. Drains, washrooms, yeah. everything. Whole thing. Everything. Yeah. Um, it's a big job. It has these original steel beams, and just the, the history of the neighborhood was brick manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So we, we imagine it was sort of in that sort of realm. Right. right. Cool. Um, is there opportunity to like buy out the neighbor or something like that if you needed to expand? I know Pilot's next door, yep. but on the other side, is there anything say you like, or is it not even an option? Hard to say. It is one building, and it's actually a 10,000 square foot building, of which we lease 6,000 uh, 6, square feet. Okay. So we hope someday to be able to expand in that direction we'll down the laneway, but then. there's someone else there right now and they have a, a nice long lease, so we'll see. So they say, strong arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, the um, CBC, that was the other thing, sorry. So the uh, Craft Brewers Conference, I think we were talking about it just uh, before we started, and I thought it was really cool that, um, that you guys actually you know, take the time you go every year. And I think that's part of personally my immediate thought when you said that was that somewhat explained the range and the, and the way that you guys are, are mm -hmm. brewing, um, being that you're sort of really paying attention to what's happening in the states. Um, how how is that? How was that conference? Like, do you get to meet people, collaborate, and stuff? Like, how? What would you get out of it? We get a, a lot out of it, which is why it's like no small feat to shut down production for an entire week and take six of us when we're fairly, like we're a brew of 21 and we take six yeah. people down every Jeez. year yeah. uh, and it moves around throughout the state so some years you have to fly and that's a lot for a brewery of our size to be able to, uh, to manage but we get a lot out of it. Not only is it like a nice reward and perk working here for the our brewing team right. or any, anyone else that gets to go, it's not exclusively brewers that get taken. Um, but it's, it is pretty inspiring. Like they do an excellent job with keynote speaker, uh, they bring in someone who's like really experienced on the brewing side, and then they usually bring in someone else that's like really inspirational in some other way and teaches you some valuable lessons. But you get to talk to all of your suppliers, so uh, ingredient suppliers, marketing 
items, packaging stuff. Everyone is there. Yeah. So everyone that we buy stuff from is there. Equipment suppliers. Equipment suppliers. That was a big thing. Every year we go there, we're like, okay, what do we need to learn? Who do we need to talk to to solve a problem that we're experiencing? What are we not shopping for today, but what are we going to be yeah. shopping for in the next 12 months? And who do we need to talk to and learn about some of those items? And then it's a really great way to explore and experience the beer culture in those cities. So you go to like the best beer bars, uh, because all of the best breweries, like and sometimes like in the world, but all the best breweries in the U.S. are there, uh, and they're hosting really amazing parties. They're they're really like dialing up what's happening at some of the best beer bars. Mm-hmm. You get to visit all the breweries in that town, uh, so it's fun in, in that way to get to do that with your coworkers. Yeah, uh, every, everyone on our team kind of does that on their holidays anyway. Like yeah, most of yeah. people's vacation, vacation gets centered, time. yeah, gets centered <laughs> around beer. Uh, but it's nice to be able to do it together in the frame of mind that's like this is work, and what can we learn from this to bring back yeah. here? Mm-hmm. So we've been to. Uh, San Francisco, Portland, Denver, Washington, uh, Nashville, Philly? Nashville, Philly. Yeah, so yeah, it's a great way to just explore the U.S. in general. I probably wouldn't go to a lot of those cities if there was no other, you know, thing happening. That bringing you there. Um, and yeah, we learn a lot. That's amazing. Is there anything specific, say that like any of these beers or anything? Say, hey, like I tried this beer was like in this city and it blew my mind, and we tried to replicate it. Is there anything like that? Or um, I th- I think. Pr- Possibly uh, Wrigley was one of them. Um, Wrigley is our our company mascot. He's a basset hound. And it's an oat pale ale. And that's just like heavy, heavy on the oats. And that was the thing I think I drank at one of the CB, or the, yeah, CBCs was. I was kind of hoping he'd be here today. Is he here? Oh yeah, he's in the office. He's sleeping. He's always here, always sleeping. Such we a cutie. To, we should get a little B-roll. Yeah. <laughs> he, needs, he needs some shine. Um, no, that's really sick because I like. I really feel like that's how you sort of learn. And, and particularly yeah. in a, being like Canada is kind of really lucky. There's its own ecosystem, but it's like the proximity to arguably the best beer in the world or at least the most forward-thinking trend-wise and, and such is yeah. over an invisible line that's right there. Mm-hmm. Like, And that, you know, to be able just to pop down and, you know, and, and talk to these people and stuff and, and really just soak up the scenes because some places are really behind like going to call out a place but I won't but like, <laughs> some cities are just like, yeah. traditional is what I'm trying to yeah, say yes. Sorry. Yes. and then other places like maybe Vermont are extremely forward thinking um, I don't know California or whatever you know super ahead of the game um, yeah. so it's kind of cool to sort of see all that and I guess you can bring that back here and I think that's probably how these styles arrived here in the first place mm-hmm. so we've been brewing for five years since we brewed our first contract batch and even before that you could measure Toronto and how many years behind work was the city <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and I think you would have agreed it was probably five or even ten years behind. Right. Yeah. Now I wouldn't even say it's behind at all. Yeah. And sometimes when no, we travel to like um, Seattle or Chicago or something, if you're seeking out milkshake IPAs and fruited kettle sours, yeah. you're not going to find them right. uh, no. as much or everywhere you go. Or you have to look really hard. Maybe yeah. just as hard as you, had, you would have to look here. Right. Like, it's not just yeah. like that. they're so yeah. prevalent in the U.S. You can go anywhere and get them. No, it's, no, not, no. it's not true. We've, they, we've traveled to a lot of U.S. Yeah. cities in the past year where we're like, Where's the, where's the, the beer's stuff? good, yeah. yeah, but it's not like mind blowing in the way a, that it was when we did CBC in San Francisco right, almost yeah. ten years ago. Is it important right. to you guys to be the front runners with certain styles or trends? Like, do you always want to be a part of that? Is something I know you do the traditional as well, but mm-hmm. do you always want to be pushing the envelope and trying new things? Is that I know you guys are always doing seasonals and stuff like that. Thank you. Definitely experimentation yeah. and education is top of mind for for us like leading the business and for our, our brewers just to keep them interested right um, they definitely don't want to be making the same thing every day so of that's the goal of trying new things mm-hmm. yeah um, 
No, that's uh, what was I going to say about that? The other thing on that was, did you ever meet anybody that you collaborated with or anything out there? I have because the only collaboration I can think of from you guys is the Bowens, the Bowens, uh, right? The Stout, which was super sick. Friendly Confines, both yes. were awesome. Yeah, we've Love done them. a couple. I'm glad you liked that yeah, one. That was fun so for good. us too. Really cool. It was the first time we had done a collab that. We brewed in two, the two locations, and so right. we had the two different beers, so yeah. that was, I think, a and super fun thing. Slight, yeah, We'd yeah, like to do more of those where both breweries make the beer, and we do yeah. it together at both, spa- at both spaces, and you taste them side by side, because there's fun. different... I think it helps educate uh, consumers on the differences of the process and brew house and... Uh, just choices you can make Just choices recipe, you can yeah. make in brewing yeah. and how they impact the beer over time, so that was super fun for us to work with those guys. Uh, we've also done a collaboration with Godspeed, okay, and nice. so we did that actually before they opened... Uh, so it was the first beer that been brewed under the Godspeed yep. name was actually here in our building, nice. which was kind of fun. Uh, so we really like, we yeah. really loved that one. Do you want to talk about that beer? Um, sure. Yeah, that was just a citra, we called it, or not a citrus, citrus pale ale mm-hmm. with um, Sactois yeast, which oh, was nice. our, usually with our collaborations, we want to do something that it's like probably both of us first time like doing. Like the ordinary yeah. so, cool. so that you can learn. Just and it's more things. interesting as well for, for you guys as well as for the drinkers. Like, oh wow, I've never seen yeah. any of these guys do that. This is fun. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run to the washroom. <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's about to explode too much coffee water and beer. It's okay. We, uh, we'll be right back. It's a fluid Keep this going. We'll keep it going. Go, go. Um, Out of the go, CBC, go. actually, we, it's not like we've struck up conversations with international brewers and have resulted in collaborations per se, but just getting their experiences even on mundane things like dry hopping or souring or just how are you guys doing it? What sort of issues are you guys seeing and how have you resolved Tapping it? The There's the just so much to learn. Yeah. Have, is, do they talk to you guys as Canadians? Do you feel that there's any like, oh, is this Canadian beer? Is it like, like brushed aside or is it more like, oh wow, that's like, what's the, what's the I vibe? think it's just brewers talking to brewers. Yeah. So they don't, they don't even give a crap. Nobody, like, nobody really cares. Like, nope. Yeah. Most most breweries that we would speak to down there, they've never heard of us, and in many cases, we've never heard of them. Right. Uh, yeah. It's not like you're just approaching, like... Dogfish or something Yeah, no, no, there's yeah. so well, many. There's hundreds even, and thousands of breweries there. Yeah, even when you're talking to even the big crafts that maybe they don't have cutting, cutting edge, the most cutting-edge styles or the newest thing going, they still have years and years of experience to learn from, so... Right. I, I think that's the exciting part. Sure, it'd be nice to talk to other half and yeah. find out what they're doing, but... If you if you talk to a guy from Deschutes that's been there for twenty years or something, you probably learn there's a, even more. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to learn from. There's them, a so. lot on the business side too. It's not just a yeah. brewing, it's not just a brewing conference. Like I'll, when I'm there, I will attend sales and marketing and HR uh, seminars, and afterwards I'll get to go up and speak to some of the the breweries with the best culture, best like employee retention. Uh, and understand what they're doing and do they have a policy around this or do they manage their people in that way mm-hmm. and the, all of those things I know it's just about like the liquid in the glass but all of those things create a passionate team of people who like give a crap about what they're doing yeah. and it's it's important like yeah. I think that I don't know it often takes a backseat to like oh what's the, what's the ingredient what are the ingredients what hops do you use in this but it's all of that important. stuff matters yeah. if you want the people to give a crap about what they're doing 100%. And if That's they really care, they're going to they're gonna spend their time at the conference learning about mm-hmm. all these things they can bring back to your business rather than just like skipping the seminars and getting drunk every day. <laughs> Which is fun too, but yeah. that's what people do. No, yeah, yeah. 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 I really like that. I think that sort of dedication to the, the marketing side is just the one thing that kind of gets overlooked because beer, like what we've come to realize, at the end of the day, it's an, it's an art. And that's why there's a pure sort of perception and it gets treated as such. And so, oh, no, you can't contract bring on them. You have to do this way. Whatever it might be because it's that art. And then it's sort of something like marketing, branding, all those things do get overlooked. 
don't know if you would agree with that. That's just what I've sort of put together. Sometimes it takes too much of a front seat. Well, I guess it could go either way. Yeah. You're right, because there's some people who only focus on that. They're like, oh, did you see that label? Like, yeah, I've had beers that have the most beautiful label I've ever seen, and I just want to pour it down the drain. Yeah, Yeah. it's so disappointing. And the opposite way around. And the opposite way around. It's like something that it's like, you use Comic Sans in your label? What are you doing? (laughs) And then it's like, this is mind-blowing. It used to be like word art. It's mind-blowing here. And like, Vinny and Natalie are like the most inspirational people I've ever heard speak at that conference. They know, they know what they really know what they're doing, even though their label has Comic Sans. <laughs> and you have so much to learn from them. It's not yeah, even funny. Yeah. Yeah. It is really strange, and that's one thing we've noticed in Ontario. I'm not sure if you guys have been paying attention, but we only got into it in like 2011, so we're still pretty new, I guess. Overall, it's not like 20 years into this stuff, but just the the, the change in Ontario with like uh, the brand. One branding that really sucked was Grand River. Yeah, like their brand was terrible. But they've just changed it up, and it's mm-hmm. I really like. Mm-hmm. It's like I was like I didn't know them, but I think I was proud of these guys. I'm like yeah, same. Nickelbrook yeah, yeah. were really average, and yeah. they're great now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are a couple other ones we always bring them up Nickelbrook I really like and Grand River the two that really changed or something else I forgot what it was but yeah I mean there's breweries that have been around for 15 years in Ontario that might have been boring to start and maybe um, I'm not going to signal anyone out but maybe the quality wasn't there 100% of the time in the in the product in the actual yeah. beer oh, okay. but, yeah. but now they're like leading the charge yeah, um, yeah like I agree. Great Lakes started making lagers and that's pretty much all they made probably for the first 10 years but right. now their hoppy they beers are incredible yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like they're another one who sort of stepped up their labels too mm-hmm. I think it's cool I mean I guess I'm not even like saying it in a bad way for anyone I think it's really dope that like these breweries like oh yeah yeah next one took, took, <laughs> which one we got uh, yeah Greenwood here Greenwood. and Greenwood. is this uh, Ephus that's Ephus you probably want to do Ephus, then Greenwood. Ephus, Greenwood, Laser Show. Yeah. I like it. Um, no, I think it's really cool and commendable that um, their breweries are actually like committing to it and, and going out of their way to, I don't know, to, to fix it up. And I think as the market gets more and more crowded, you, ha- you have to. If you don't do that, you will die. <sighs> it's like, Scott, how can you have pace with us? I like this. <laughs> 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 um, Lace me fun. No, you're right. And I guess they, they don't really have much of a choice. Like, if they don't do it no, she good? out of business. No, I got him here. Um, I know, I just think it's really cool and I just like, we always like to mention it like from like, a, I think it's like a, they deserve the props for doing that. Yeah. And you guys didn't really have to rebrand or anything, right? Like you guys sort of went... You always, you're always rebranding. It's not like okay. rebranding, but you're... You always switching, like tweaking. I, evolving. Yeah. Ooh, evolving. I, I like shouldn't that. even say it on camera, right. but I just feel like right now <laughs> our stuff is kind of tired and I want... Like we're constantly needing to pushing it in yeah. a new direction. Yeah. It's a big project for me this year. Thinking about but, what's next. It's yeah. sure. Same as boring, really. And I guess the same as the recipes, right? They're mm. all constantly being tweaked, right. which I like that you mentioned that. that and those uh, ideas can come from anywhere, anywhere in the brewery. It's not like Mark and I are like up at night, how are we going to do what's next? It's like instilling that in your team and getting people to bring forward ideas about like how are we moving this ahead and how are we going to be the best Right, and do you feel that you get that? I mean, not just from maybe the brewers, but from like the sales team, from the retail team. Like, are they yeah. bringing ideas? We have the. All the time? I would, yeah. I would challenge any brewery in Ontario. We have the best team in, in the province. Ooh, I, like Ooh, I swear, cheers we have to that. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, guys. That's so good. I mean, especially because we focus a lot on variety and one-offs. We always have to come up with new names, and they really do come from all over the table. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you have, I know there's probably a million and a half different baseball names you come up come up with for beers, but do you yeah, have like a, right, or, or, like a or do you have like a list of <laughs> oh ones God. ready to go, like I can't wait to use this one, yeah. They're not always tied to actually beer styles or 
concepts. It's just fun names. Yeah, some fun names. Yeah. You can like manipulate it afterwards where you're like, well, this one was called Double Day because it's this old thing and it's an old style and blah, blah, blah. Like, or you just pull that out. Like, so sometimes like, it comes from the list and often, I, th- I think half A lot half of the half, time it doesn't half, come from Half the, the time it comes from the list and <laughs> Rally Cap was on the list for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or did yeah, you, and then sometimes it'll come from it's like this beer. None of the things on the list. We have hundreds of names on the list. None of these things work. So we brainstorm. We use, do you guys use Slack at all? Oh yeah, yeah we use Slack. So we have like ongoing Slack, Slack conversations, <laughs> and everyone just drops in all the names that they like. Nice. And you, you kind of like. <laughs> Sorry, no one brewer's mentioned Slack to me. That is crazy. <laughs> you kind of like sometimes try to shoehorn it in. It's like no, it's not really fitting. But then when you know when you, someone it just clicks, suggests a name, right? it just clicks. Yeah. It's working branding. You get it. Yeah, yeah. Someone suggests a name, you're like yes, that works for all of these reasons. Like it sounds delicious. Describes the beer really well. Yeah. Yeah. I still think home run loggers are. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else can have it. We're never breaking. <laughs> I was really trying to get a collab on that. We'll get there. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Do you want to go lightning round, or do you have any other, anything else you want to touch um, on? Did we, did we miss anything from the the main? Part oh, I wanted to talk about this guy. If oh, that's yes. Okay. The, can we you talk about that guy a little bit? Yeah. Right go for it. Yeah. Tell him, Uncle Mark. <laughs> Uh, so in that fermenter right there. Well, you probably hear in the background the bubbling. Yeah, yeah. is uh, a new to us smoothie IPA. Um, <laughs> and the, the thought there, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a funny. It's a weird. It's a weird idea, I guess. But <laughs> so there's milkshake IPAs, and with yes. milkshakes, they definitely have lactose and vanilla. But mm-hmm. smoothies, uh, they use yogurt just by nature of a smoothie and a lot of fruit. So we thought, okay, in a beer, we could kettle sour it slightly to make it a little more tart. And then, then pack it full with the, the fruit and hops and lactose. So Amazing. That's what we have going there. This one's going to be uh, peach, mango, black raspberry. Um, and it'll be ready in about three weeks. Good Lord. This episode will come out this coming Wednesday. So this episode will be four days old when it drops, which means it'll be like two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's actually so funny. So start lining up because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be your tent. Get your tent. <laughs> the branding for that one... We talked about it for weeks, even because we knew we wanted to make it, and it was just finding a spot in the brew schedule to actually do that. Fitter in. But we started trying to come up with names for a month in advance. <laughs> it wasn't going well. And I was exploring, like, okay, there's Booster Juice. What can we name that's sort of similar to Booster Juice? Or like, Booster Juice worked with Jose Bautista. And oh, like, where right. can we draw Booster these juice. names? Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, and then there's like, all right, there's an old Canadian brand of. Um, Slushy, basically called Slush Puppy, that had a basset hound. We have a basset hound. Like, where where do we want to take uh, this? And right. one of the leading names was Ice Cream Helmet, which in the stadiums okay. is a <laughs> small mini helmet with filled with ice cream. But ice like, cream's oh, not the yeah. same as a smoothie, no, and right. so that'll be weird. <laughs> this is, this has been a long conversation. <laughs> do you have a name for it? We do have a name. Yeah. Lined up, ready you have to, to go. Drop it, yeah. You don't have yeah. to. You don't no, you have to say it. Yeah. I think Manny can go ahead. No, I think we you. should hold it. You yeah, guys, yeah. Should, I want okay. people to look for it because it's actually yeah. when it, nice. that was one of the examples of when it clicked. We're like, like that's oh, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And did you have the same sort of connection that is like the name meant something that related yeah. to the style? It's like yeah. such yeah. a nerdy baseball thing. It's such yeah. the nerdiest <laughs> baseball thing you could ever think so of. So excited. And it sounds like exactly like what the beer is. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Is, that, is, is, <laughs> is this guy going in one of these? Uh, oh yeah, good question. No, in a can. Can. Okay. Cool. For the most part, all of our new releases go in a can. A lot of the things in bottles these days are an LCBO brand. Mm-hmm. And when we submit to the LCBO, we say, here's, we could do a bottle, it's this price. We could do a can, it's this price. Same price per milliliter, your choice. And most of they the time, the they take the bottle. Right. Because I think it's just an easier sell for them. Mm-hmm. Bottles sort of command a higher price tag. 
people right. are used to bottle pricing. Right. That's yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They don't like our can pricing, and it's fair. It's not competitive with what they have on their shelves. So right. yeah, like it's a, their a two twenty five import lager, and then here's our three seventy five short can uh, IPA. So uh, it's a short can. Yeah. So it seems out of the ordinary, but when it's in a bottle, people are like, "Oh, that's Ooh, normal. Like if it's eight dollars or something." Yeah. yeah. But if you break that down and put it in a can, it charges the same, same thing. thing. People are like, "Ooh, why is the can so expensive?" Yeah. But we are we are doing a test with them this summer. Uh, you'll see a brand uh, of ours in cans in their in their stores for the summer. Nice. Yeah. Are you selling these in fours and sixes, or are they come singles? We moved everything Both. everything in singles and fours. Fours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then when you buy six of any combination of stuff here in the shop. Uh, you get a savings. Sweet. Well, even the yeah, fours. Godspeed does that too, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah they do a two-four. Well, they do a six as well. Get, yes. And yes, a six savings yes, as well. Yes, yeah. yes. Our four packs, you also save. On the four packs, yeah. you save. There's a pack up price on the four packs, and four. then a pack up if you want to mix and, it, and match six. And like it's that. good too. It's I like, like that. Greenwood's three seventy-five per short can. But when you buy four, it works out to I think three dollars and eighteen cents. So it's, so it's not small. Down to the same yeah. as anything yeah. else in the LCB yeah. or whatever. I mean, but I don't know if you're walking into a craft brewery, particularly that's doing. I feel like the haze kind of says like, oh, it's a premium product, which means there's a crap ton of hops and yeah. like other things in this that are expensive. And sure. gonna, like no one's expecting it to be two dollars. Like I feel like yeah. at least people who are aware of that, but maybe in the LCBO Not when you're context, coming in here, but when you go in the LCBO. Yeah, I can understand do, yeah. that it would kind of throw them off a bit. And people wouldn't really understand why, which I guess is part of the education. Yeah. And like, most of our beer pricing has remained very flat to when we launched it five years ago, especially in kegs. But we were just do- looking at some numbers the other day, and the price to make the beer, considering how, how much hops yeah. we're putting in yeah. it, it's like, it's we like, can't keep doing that. So like, we, it's not right. going to go to business. Right. Yeah. We unfortunately had to raise the price of our Greenwood kegs because it's always been affordable relative to our peers, mm-hmm. and we think our new price is the same, like affordab- affordability. But... Citra was an example I told our sales reps. It's gone up 56% in three years. And not only that, we're using more than twice as much as we ever used to. Just because of the styles we're making. So like a a nice IPA used to be, you know, a half to one pound per barrel dry hops. Now all of our beers that are hoppy are more than two pounds. Right. So So it's literally double. Yeah. Yeah. And they're almost... And the price of the hop itself has gone way up. up, Right. Lightning round. Lightning round? (laughs) Slowest lightning round of all time. Get ready. There's nothing lightning about it. <laughs> you can answer this as quick or as short as you like. Uh, what would be your guilty pleasure beer? So a beer you'd maybe be embarrassed to admit to fellow beer nerds that you enjoy. I don't know. Yeah, you make you go first. You I don't think. I don't like beer that's not like. Like not fire. Do not well, really. Should we give examples? <laughs> like, well, I'm embarrassed that I like Labatt Fifty. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I like Corona. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Was the question about our beer or just beer? No, 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 no I even got a Bud Light last time and was very surprised how close to water that tasted like. <laughs> I guess if I have to go up with an answer at the stadium, I'll drink yeah. like the, the Mill Street IPA or Shock Top. Yeah. I like Goose yeah. IPA there. Or, yeah, yeah, that's what I usually go for. That's the upside of yeah. the sale of getting bought out is that there's not horrible options at 
stadiums. It could be better. It could be a lot better. <laughs> I mean, it could be better. I'm just like, it's I guess the worst it's, in the whole league. It's the worst in the league. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. The, the specific yeah. We're the only stadium. Well, because we're the only Canadian. Have, we're the only well, stadium that doesn't only, have craft beer. Yeah. yeah. There's that. Miller Park, owned by Miller, has that's craft beer. Horse yeah. Field has craft way beer. better beer. Really? And yeah. we're Mark the Rogers Center. I feel like you're passionate about this because you know you should be in the Rogers yeah, Center. Right. <laughs> you guys like people, people have suggested it. We will be in the Rogers so. Center. Yeah. I, I can't so. give you a timeline, but we will be. Yeah, yeah. 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 sure. We've never, they've never told us yes, but we're going to fight till we get there. They're this. going to Perfect. someday, yeah. I love that. Me too. Do you do that, do that like vision board and stuff like that? You know what I'm talking Maybe about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Probably not as much as we should. No, in our heads. We have annual planning and stuff like that, but... Right. We know that's a natural fit, so I literally couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, that's actually, awesome. we went to um, a baseball sort of speaker series with the what is he, the president of baseball operations, Mark Shapiro. Mark Shapiro. Someone asked about craft beer. It was our sales rep, actually, but yeah. <laughs> someone asked about craft beer. He's like, history is the best predictor of the future, and we did that at, at um, in Cleveland, and we imagine we'll do it here, but we're just waiting until the stadium renovation comes to comes to life so Roger said that yeah mm-hmm. that's, thing, uh, that's something they're working on is a huge stadium renovation yeah. and they just have to find the right space for craft so beer and place a little special area yeah. is that what happens at the American ones they have like usually there's a little kiosk yes. off somewhere yeah. in the left field or right field and right. it's like usually led by the Brewers Guild of that state or whatever. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. And it's real craft, it's not faux. No, it's oh, real, yeah, 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 it's real. It's rotating because the breweries can't even like commit to that they're going to have this much of that or whatever. Do it it's like, whatever. So it's like the Colorado at uh, Coors Field, Colorado Craft Brewers Guild has like, yeah, this yeah, little kiosk that. and it's just changing and yeah, it's awesome. Like, is it great or is it out of control? Like you're getting Pliny or whatever, like for example. Like is it like... Or is this really solid I, I, stuff? I feel like it's a, it's it's a variety of good local stuff. Yeah. It's got to be stuff yeah. that is it's available crushed. in like huge volume. So it, it, it tends to be the medium to larger size yeah. breweries, but there's good, lots of good stuff, lots yeah. of good options. Way better than drinking Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much anything is better than drinking Bud Light. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's not like Bud Light's cheap at the Rogers Center. It's like $12 a tall can. When you're, you're paying yeah. that, you want to have a good beer at least. Yeah. Hell yes. The same in Montreal. The Bell Center always has like Molson X or Molson Dry or something. Yeah. It's the worst. You'd be amazed at how much the Bacardi Breezer smoothies taste like a smoothie oh. IPA in that setting. That's what I had at the last Jay's game I was at. I'm yeah. like, this is actually better than <laughs> I forgot they existed. Yeah. Breezer smoothies, so it's just like a lactose. Like it was. Yeah. 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 It's this like a creamsicle. It was an orange creamsicle. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. So sweet though. So sweet. Bottle of sugar. Booze and sugar. Beer you would decline under any circumstances. So it doesn't matter what. I mean, I guess it's anything to you, right? For me, I I don't. I'm not interested in like those eight percent shitty beers, uh, like yeah. ice or oh, whatever. Navigator, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Super all pressed. those things. <laughs> I don't have a desire to drink Max. old English yeah. and all those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no. agreed. Yeah. Perfect. That's on my long list of things I would decline. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. long list. Co yeah. near the top of the long list, though. <laughs> yeah, they're really exceptionally bad. Should we do another one before we get to the yeah, next Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Greenwood. Yeah, Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah. 
Yes. Can yesterday. And this is basically Are, your... Can I do a washroom break? Yes. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to jump in after oh, you. Oh, we got to get the brown ale out of yes. the glasses. Sorry. Um, no, no problem. So green, would you say it's uh, one of your most popular... It is our most popular beer we've ever made. Well, yes. Ever made? Yes. Wow. Now, is, is this also being... Oh, Tiff's like, and... Uh, can I and I'll have so, much, so much for not drinking today. <laughs> <laughs> you do a beer podcast. You knew you were drinking. <laughs> you did well. You knocked back the first, like, two. <laughs> um... No, it's, uh, it's embarrassing. Um, so is this one that you're going to, uh, forgive me, I know I think we might have said off camera earlier, um, is this one you're sort of treating like, um, say, rally cap and bringing it back here and there as opposed to... No, it's to... just been accepted by the LCBO as a full-time listing. Nice. So it's in a big bottle for the LCBO, and I had us doing it, we launched it in cans here, and then I brought it back as a tall bottle because it's like, that's what we're sending to the LCBO. I don't know how often we're going to be making this or how well it's going to do. So we had it in a tall bottle here, and the entire team was like, oh my God. Like, we just want the kit, seriously. So, <laughs> so I'm like, as soon as we figure out how well it's selling in the LCBO, if we can brew it often enough, we will have cans here, Normal. bottles in the LCBO. And that happened pretty well immediately. It launched three and a half weeks ago in the LCBO. Nice. Uh, and we, we're making it every, at any given time, two to three of our eight tanks are Greenwood. Uh, is, wow. <laughs> this is just smelt. Is it okay? Oh, yeah, go. The phone went down. Uh, I see you know you use, has the hop profile been the same ever since you've been brewing it or has this been something that's evolved? No, it's the same. Because summer is a hop that I've uh, talked about a few times. Yes, you mentioned see, it and I keep, I keep wanting to try, uh, it's an Aussie hop. Yes, it is. With, uh, from its description, notes of melon and tropical fruit like that. So I've always wanted to try it, but I feel like it's an uh, underused hop. I don't know if it's hard to get or we're talking about summer. Summer, yeah. yeah. Um, it actually is really hard to get. Yeah, lately. that's probably why. It's, it's not like the Nelson Sylvan of the world, right. but I, hear that's not yeah, I recently artist, yeah. tried to order more summer, and they're like, oh, we actually stopped carrying that. So I'm not sure what's happening with the growers if they've decided not to <laughs> make it as much. So yeah, that's, there's um, a website called Lupulin Exchange. It's like an open market for breweries to resell their hops. Yeah. Okay. And so I bought a whole bunch from there, and so we'll have summer for a little while, but... It, actually, its future is kind of up in the air right now. So, Jesus, we may have to find a substitute. Terrifying. Yeah, you guys have to go down, and make a trip. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really, really fun. We've painted models. I need to get those. Yeah, beers change. Uh -huh. <laughs> change sometimes Cheers. not at your own choice. Right. That's yeah, that's true. Cheers. Cheers. Get it, Inya. That's out of control. Sixteen. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am also needing the washroom, so the next, <laughs> the next question is the list. favorite beer style and least favorite beer style. Oh. Oh. Look at that. Wow. Baseball, yes. Yeah. Baseball. baseball, am I right? Um, so I gotta this go Flanders Red. Not necessarily to brew, but like yeah. to drink. I love a Flanders Red. You beer. love a Flanders Red. It's my favorite beer style. Favorite beer. I can drink just okay. that exclusively for the rest okay. of my beer life. I'm into so that. Do you have a particular Flanders Red that you. Uh, no, they're all quite they're good. They're all just. Uh, yeah. Rotorbox is incredible. That's so Rotorbox good. Rotorbox so good, yeah. That was one of the beers that before I, I actually didn't used to like beer maybe six, seven years ago. I would not drink beer at all. I just yeah. thought it was fizzy yellow water. And then right. I started tasting like really good craft beer. And that was one of the beers that was like, I love this. It. It drinks like a wine kind of thing, and yeah. it didn't taste anything like what I thought beer was. So I love that. A local example that I love is uh, Indie Alehouse makes one as part of their, I think, Fates of Fury series. Do you remember the name of it? I think or? it's part of their Fates of Fury okay, yes, series, yes, yes, I'm pretty yes. sure, in like the, the really cool yep, bottle. Yep. Uh, so I, I love that, but yeah, Rotenbach's great. It's my favorite style. 
I think it's one of my favorite styles. Yeah. It's probably not my desert island beer because I don't know. Which is a later question. Drink. So let's not get <laughs> let's not jump ahead right now. So <laughs> it's crazy that IPAs are still so much in demand because they've been around for so long yep. and but now breweries are finding new ways to interpret them. Right. And I, I guess as a general style that's my favorite. I think that's a very common trend among brewers. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's a, one of those beers to me. It's like, there's so many options, there's sessions, there's milkshake now. It's like, how can you not love an IPA? Well, it's even like just the, all the varieties available. Right, and the, the hop varieties. varieties, exactly. So on that note, would you have a least favorite style, something that maybe you wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards if you went to like a new brewery or something I do like not that? ever need to drink a macro amber beer. <laughs> macro amber, wow. How about a micro amber beer? A micro amber? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically a macro amber. Probably though. choke it down if it was yeah. micro, but don't want it. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of these, right? Like, was the question we wouldn't brew it? No, it's oh, your least, least favorite, least favorite style. beer style. Yeah. Not necessarily to brew, but probably to purchase drink. Yeah. yeah. I think just blonde ale. Blonde. Or blonde. Yes. Yeah, so blondes are pretty, there's nothing to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's I take mean, a beer and lager. Str- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blondes? Yeah. 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 Do I have a fire blonde from um, Burlington Beer Co? They made a hazy blonde. Yeah. And it was the best one I've ever had. Was it, it was, was hazy. hazy and dry hopped? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. So it wasn't so a blonde. Really really like, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. That was the only time I've like blonde. I'm like, Just make a really dope blonde. IPA and call it a blonde. So everyone's like, it's the best blonde I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. It's the easiest way to do it. By the way, I was thinking in the washroom, as I was looking at the patent of the baseball yes. above the urinal, yeah. like, that's really good, consistent. Um, what's Greenwood aside from the metro station? Subway station. It's, Greenwood, the it's the street here, yeah. but we also play an annual softball game at Greenwood Park, which is just south of us. Oh, there you go. I knew that uh, was against one of our our friend friend licensees. Um, the Ren. The Ren. Yeah. They're, yeah, nice. they're super, super good. We've been in town like three yesterday. days. Have yeah. you been? Wow. No. Oh, like people just keep yeah. mentioning it. The brunch is good. You can probably still catch it after we're done here. <laughs> the brunch is excellent. Yeah, you should go. I'm telling you, Danforth is fire. Right? Yeah, no, it's popping up. I'm sorry I interrupted. Their sister restaurant, Lake Inez, is also incredible. Is that uh, like. It's on Gerard. It's on Gerard. Yeah. yeah. I did have a quick question for you guys, but not on this list. No, but bust it up. Do you guys play on the same Coet softball team? We do. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've played with friends for probably more than 10 years, starting in Brampton and moving the team here as we all sort of moved to the city. Moved to the city. Yeah. Um, we've had games with our, our staff and you know other restaurants and stuff. We had um, indoor softball in a local covered stadium this past winter. As a brewery we, team. Yeah. We, we decided. Finally, <laughs> we did so poor. Probably, <laughs> probably second last team. But nice. in our very last game of the year, we lost to the last place team. Oh, no. So we have some work to do. You got some yeah. work to do, some catching but up to do. We need to close the brewery for a few days. Yeah. Just, all right, guys, practice. Practice, practice, practice. Kevin's not pulling up. He sucks. Yeah. Come on, Kev. Come, Come on, game, Kev. Kev. Come game. on, Kev. <laughs> Um, go for it, Scotty. Desert Island beer. So we mentioned yeah. this earlier. It just happens to be the next question. So a beer you have to drink for the rest of your life, stranded on this desert island, but the beer is in its perfect state. It's perfectly fresh, perfectly cold. You can have a beautiful little tulip to drink it out of. <laughs> they won't fix the you, them, but, but they'll deliver you beer. You have to continuously yeah. drink it for the rest of this time you're on this desert island. Mm. Great. We had this chat recently on, in a car ride home saying that uh, yeah. IPA or sour. Yeah. And I think I chose IPA. Yeah. But I, could, I actually can't remember. It changes daily. As of as of this morning? You need it. it no, it just cha- it changes daily. I mean, like, as I of this morning, how do you feel? I can't live without either of those two styles, so I probably have mm. to go with the dry hop sour. I like it. That's a good, <laughs> yeah. that's a good middle ground right sour there. Yeah. That's actually a better Great answer. call. Yeah, I like that. Like, not, it has like, to be nice and sessionable, or? non-fruited. Like I'd bang, probably bang, get maybe. tired of that. Something, something like yeah, that? I'd be fine with something yeah. like that, yeah. anything in that world. My choice... 
probably comes from the fact like I'm at the end of most work days, the beer that I would order, order the most often at the bar is Greenwood. So nice, good call. So, so hops, you can't live without them. No, no, yeah. can't live without. No, with you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, next one is beer trend predictions. So a while back, this is a question we've been asking for a while now, and uh, one of the common answers was these guys were coming back, and they have absolutely come back. Oh, and shortcuts. Shortcuts, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Oh. Hey, 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 Wrigley. Is it Riggs? No. No, no. <laughs> take it easy, fella. I feel like he's more like, ooh. Yeah. Just, he wouldn't buy. He's, he's too sleepy to do yeah. that. <laughs> I like So, these. yeah, beer trend predictions. So what is the next step in craft beer, whether it be packaging or styles or hmm. hops or I guess anything, right? Yep. Well, I think the bloggers and prognosticators are calling <laughs> lo- the, for the return of loggers. Yes. Um, but that's very challenging production-wise, devoting yep. that much tank uh, space and residency and time. Right? time. Yeah. Um, so even our own personal um, goals, I guess, with loggers, like we... I. I'll, I guess I'll only speak for myself. I think Double Day's great. Mandy? Yeah, I like it. She likes it. Uh, we also have another lager like um, called Cannonball Hellas. And we'd like to bring them back, but probably only here and there. It's not something we can mm-hmm. devote full time. Was that one dry hops? Or is that no, like a, that's no. more no. traditional Hellas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is, the, there a, is there a taste, like, is there a palate for that? Are people still wanting those? Or is it kind of, like you said, like occasionally, yeah, I want to give it a go, but not? I think consumers obviously love lagers, yeah. and it's up to the craft breweries to give it to them. Yeah. And so probably breweries making more than 20,000 hex or something like that have that capacity to actually devote to it mm-hmm. and for it to be profitable. But if it comes to our own choices, you, you fill this fermenter for three weeks or for six weeks, like what would you choose? Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Next um, question. Yeah. Uh, favorite up-and-coming breweries, so local or not, mm. someone you see on the horizon. Whether they're open or not. Like yeah, they may not be open. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you showed me some stuff before, but even if it's not there. That's a very tough question. Uh, you go first. Or they could be established some already. Some of them are like yeah. really experienced. They're just right. breweries. Yeah. So in the neighborhood, because that's my frame of reference, we don't go on the other side of the John Valley that often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have West Enders. Yeah. Change your currency and all that stuff. I love Godspeed. I was just down yeah. there yesterday. Yeah. Brandon's actually in the drinking. tap room right there. Oh, Brandon, yeah. Uncle so Brandon. I was down there yesterday drinking their um, their Brett lager. It was really lovely. And I love Eastbound, which is... So uh, I've been there. Yeah. They're, they're the only guys with Crowlers. Are you guys they have Crowlers. They're no, in cans, too. They've they done some mobile too. canning runs. How do you feel? Because mm-hmm. you have candy. Yeah. You're like, well, why Crowler? There's no, we will there's not. no need for you. No, we won't, we won't no. do that. Because it, of it, that or just because you're not into it? We actually never did Growlers. I don't oh, like, yeah. We won't do yeah. that either. Yeah. I don't it's like just, it takes, It's too clumsy. It takes too Way much time too at clumsy. the bar. Yeah. Uh, in the case of volume. growlers, people in this market, like cons- customers don't understand how to care for them. And right. I think there's a risk that it's like, yeah. not just like cleaning it, but, oh, I have oh, so much of this one beer. Yeah. I'll just recap it and I'll drink that right. tomorrow. And then you don't get to drinking it tomorrow because you're too hungover. So then you're going to drink it next weekend. And no, I don't want anyone later. tasting away the my beer taste yeah. at that time. That's it's the not, number one argument I hear from breweries against. I don't like it at all. That's why so, I like Crowlers because it's one liter. Crowlers good, yeah. yeah. They pour, they, they don't pour, they just spill. I don't know if you ever tried to pour a Crowler, they always spill. But oh, yeah. like, there's no, I feel like that's one cool thing if a brewery doesn't package, but I can see it be not as if pretty redundant. If you're packaging, then yeah. you don't really need it. Because pretty much everything that would be on I don't want anything in that like, size. I don't want anything in that volume. I don't even want yeah. really anything in 650 I'm, milliliters. I'm I want everything in 355 because yeah. I want variety. So. I, looked, I looked at Crowlers because they seemed cool, but our 
bar space is very small, and we no. don't really have the opportunity to be pouring off the tap and seaming at the side and all that it just stuff. Spills everywhere too. Yeah, so okay. we're not laid out for it, but I don't think um, that answered the question. And, so. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Godspeed's, like. Godspeed's a funny example because Bim is so has so experience, much experience, right, of course. Yeah. and then he launched, and some of the local craft beer nerds were like, "Oh, that's boring," but give him ch- a chance to like breathe and grow, and give me let him hit his first year, and he's starting to put out more and more things that the nerds are seeking. So I've only had um, fantastic things, more traditional, yeah, yeah. but just it's done very. Yeah, very well. we were down there on Peche Day, and I believe that he was yes. the. The first brewery, like he was one of the two officials in Toronto, but he was yeah. the first brewery to sell out of all the, all the varietal, like all the offerings nice. uh, nice. in the nice. world. Nice. Like, yeah, so wow. yeah, well, he's, he's do- probably the only one to actually collaborate with them and make that was uh, the only Peche inspired. Yeah. So passionate, so, uh, yeah. he's like, he's real. He does everything really for the right reasons, and he cares about detail more than anyone you could ever meet in brewing ever. Right. Yeah, uh, so I mean, and he knows all the U.S. craft guys that the nerds go crazy for, like. He knows Sean Hill. They've collaborated. Yeah. It's not long before he comes up here, I'm sure. So uh, food just let Bim do his thing. He'll oh, reveal yeah. to you what he's got yeah. in mind. And, and then, then on the more traditional style side in our neighborhood, um, Muddy York is making some really I still have yet to have uh, anything from Muddy York. I think you guys need to, you have to do the whole tour at least today. <laughs> yeah, with There's so much to do. It's great. <laughs> We're going to have a busy afternoon, guys. So Muddy York is great, so you, you got to visit them. And there's just like endless people I could name here in the city, but those ones are right here in our own yeah. our own neighborhood, so I would probably mm-hmm. call them out. They're doing great stuff. Favorite beer city, destination, or country? Mm. So you guys have obviously traveled a lot for beer, so yeah. what is... Uh, we haven't actually done the international beer tourism circuit. Right. It's funny because... the U.S. Yeah. Mandy and I were celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary in August. Nice. And Congrats. We had, thank you. We had considered going to like Belgium and Germany and doing that whole thing. We are like, we have the rest of our life to do that. And I find the U.S. more exciting than those sorts of historical places. So this year we decided we're going to uh, San Diego and L.A. Just to Dude, check out the just did it. Just we did just it. did that. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a list. Oh, we, need yeah. Yeah. we need to know what's L.A. Going on there. is not... Yeah. A place you would expect to be fired. And LA blew our minds. Was... Kevin, just, one of the Kevins, just got back <laughs> from LA. Yeah, one of the yeah. Kevins. and uh, his huge list for us. But we're super, we're so excited yeah. to do that. And <coughs> to be honest, Belgium and Germany felt like something we were supposed to want to do. Yeah, and like that one, we're old. No, <laughs> yeah, it seems but, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think places we've been, Denver ranks very high. It's yeah. such yeah. a walkable yes. city, and there's just a brewery in every corner. It's kind of crazy. And Portland, I, Portland's great. Uh, I went to Seattle um, without Mandy for hop selection. And Seattle was great. You. <laughs> she looks better. She looks yeah. better. So, yeah. Seattle was good for, because uh, they got Holy Mountain up there. Yep. Which is like lineup. You know, Holy Mountain, stuff. Cloudburst, nice. um, a whole Cloudburst. bunch of others. And we loved our experiences in Vermont, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Vermont is out of control. I mean, it's fun going to those places and finding the un- under the radar. They don't, like, quite make it outside of the state, or, yeah. let alone Canada, in terms of reputation. Yeah. But they're still making great beer, so... I think something like uh, social media, like Instagram specifically, is just spreading the word about beer. Like all the Americans, so now I'm in Toronto, I'm going to go to Vermont to pick up some beer that other people are sending me out there, and they're going to ask me for Toronto beer. Yeah. When I come out there, always one bell with stuff. I actually yeah. should bring, I want to bring some green ones to the guys out there because they're going to love it. Like stuff like that. And they didn't realize that, that, that Canada was good for beer. And these are guys in Vermont that have access to, yeah. Yeah, it's right and their proximity to Massachusetts. So they always have dudes coming in with like treehouse and chili and like, 
Bissell Brothers, Night Shift, just like slanging. These guys are out of control. Like, we just losing our minds around there, and these guys are just, just whatever. <laughs> but for the people who are exposed to that, to be excited about Canadian beer, I think that, that really speaks volumes about what's Absolutely. happening up here. So, yeah, it's a good point. Underrated style, brewery, city, or country? Who doesn't get their love, or what style doesn't get their love, or what country doesn't get their love? It's tough one. I mean, well, some brown ale, yeah, brown ale. Some people have said that before. Brown ale mm. definitely doesn't get the props. Yeah. That's. I'm very, struggling. Very tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is there anything you think is really good that maybe that like oh, I really like this style, but I can't find it anywhere, or you know, no breweries are doing it or doing it well, and it's just. But if you do the style well, like once again, <laughs> brown ale is the first thing we keep popping into. Yeah. Mm. Well. Mandy answered one of her favorite styles, I think, while you were in the washroom was Flanders Red, and that's just something, uh, yeah, so much like history and just the amount of time it takes to create those properly yeah. is a thing that Content. sort of the new scene is not approaching as yeah. much. That's a good one. I think the new yeah. craft beer drinker doesn't know about some of the yeah. history well, in the past. Even the new craft brewer. Right, that too, yeah. And they're going nuts, like the new consumer is going nuts for a kettle sour. Right. They're going nuts for it. And if Try they, where it when started. they drink like a mixed fermentation, yeah. like, like wild. sour, yeah. they're going to they're gonna lose their minds. Yes. <laughs> they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually just, they're just going <laughs> to die. We actually had one last night from Dunham in Montreal, or just outside of Montreal. They had yeah. the Flanders Red thing that they did. There's a festival that you guys should even be at. Oh my god, it's unreal. Like you guys fit, like you guys were at uh, Witchstock. Similar thing, it's called Food like uh, Food is United. Okay. And it's a whole food festival in um, this wicked field on the, like, the border out there. And they've got like everyone, Cantillon and all the um, Belgian guys. A bunch of, like yeah. Jester King and Hill Farmstead and other half and all that stuff. Like it's out of control. From all over North America, Europe, yeah, like it's like the there. There. lineup is only Ontario one. Yeah. And you got maybe Burdock or even there or something. You guys actually okay. fit in that. Yeah. It's too late, oh, we just need the fooder. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah, we just have the players. Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know if that's. I'll what tell you about later. Just really, yeah. like, just I don't know why all of a sudden it's like, oh, it just made sense. You guys are in that uh, category that would make sense for yeah. these people. Uh, best beer you've ever drank in your entire life. Wow. Aside from the Bud Light. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a I tough told one. you should have prepared the answers to yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to have should have sent them beforehand, right? Yeah, you should have. I we apologize. We would have had way better answers and been more entertaining. <laughs> Knock it on the spot. This is part of lightning uh, round, you know? Bang, yeah. bang, bang. Yeah. Never comes to mind, right? Usually these ones are situational. Like people like, they can yeah. be. Yeah. They can yeah. be. I, I don't have one at all. I can't even think. I, I, I think... Can. One that comes to mind for me, um, Wrigley, which is our dog and our old pale ale, it, we won an award for Canadian Bring Awards uh, Best North American Pale Ale. Nice. So I was actually drinking that at home by myself with Wrigley. Mandy was out. I don't know what she was doing, but I was drinking some Wrigley with Wrigley and then watching the broadcast on the internet and, oh, Wrigley won a gold medal. That's crazy. <laughs> That's cool. super cool. That was cool. Yeah. That's sick. I can think of uh, Monk's Blood by um, 21st Amendment. 21st Amendment, yeah. Oh, exactly. uh, yeah, That was cool. our first craft brewers conference. And at the time, I was working for the wine company, and as part of my education budget, I got them to send me to uh, send me to the San Francisco because I was managing a, a portfolio of ciders. I'm like, beer's kind of similar. Same send me, thing. but we were using it kind of as a vacation and a learning experience for what we wanted to do here. And uh, I wasn't... I wasn't really into a lot of different beer styles at the time, so that was one of those scenarios like you were talking about earlier before we started, where there was just like beer all over all of the tables. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even like beer. What do I taste? What do I so, yeah. Yeah. 
I had that. I can't even remember what the style spiced is. It's like a Belgian spiced dark, dark Belgian. I was. I really got into yeah. like the nice. yeah the Belgian strong oh, ales, yeah. and I had never had anything quite like it before. And there was just like these amazingly friendly, wonderful brewers everywhere, and lots of Canadian brewery people that we were starting to build relationships with at a social event at the beginning of that conference. And it was just like the atmosphere and the flavor profile of that beer, which I'd never had anything like. I think that's got to be one of my my top experiences. That's sick. Well, you, you get a good answer. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. You didn't have to prepare, right? <laughs> Wing it. Uh, first beer you ever brewed. So obviously, Mark, I don't know if Mandy you've brewed before, but... And I, at home, I was like the brewing as, brewing assistant. I right. had to deal so with like know. documentation and cleaning. Yeah. Mark did the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it was Ephus. That was Ephus. We knew Ephus what. Be well, I mean, either from your home brewing days or from like before. Uh, well, home brewing was a, a crappy sort of extract kit. Right. But so everyone kind of starts with that. that. Well, you did yeah. Ephus all grain at home. Yeah, I did. But first thing ever was yeah. a kit, and it wasn't oh. very good. Do you remember from no, where or what style? Yeah, just a local bad. homebrew shop. Right. And Probably, yeah, just yeah. The whole thing went down the drain, right? Yeah. The fun oh, wow. thing was not good. It was bad. Yeah. The first like all grade Ephus at home, we we brewed Ephus a lot at home yeah, before nice. we put it on the market. We actually had these parties where we would invite over family and friends and we would make them drink Ephus, but we would buy every other dark beer in right. the market, all the brown ales, all the porters and stouts. And we would have them blind. drink Ephus yeah. blind. It's like the nerdiest party ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drink Ephus Blind against all of these other beers and rank them, and we kept having the party over and over as the homebrew batches were ready until Ephus was first. Nice. We kept changing the recipe, That's and then awesome. it became first. Wow. And we're like, okay, I love that. Cool. Did you fit, like was that a thing you planned on doing? Like we're gonna do That's this until it's the best. That's how we did things at the wine company. It's like you would do yeah. things. Everything was blind like because when there's a brand in front of it, it's like you have all these preconceived notions about how hype they are, and then if you just do it blind, it's yeah. like the liquid itself. Nice. I think so. I think in reality though it actually didn't take that long because it was like the second the, or third time because of what we designed Ephus to be between like a brown ale and a porter it was just more chocolatey and roasty and um, it never for it was never that sweet like some beers can be so it was always like refreshing and quick finish and it just beat other brown ales almost immediately yeah that's crazy we got a few more to go guys death row Beer slash meal pairing. <laughs> so you're about to get the chair, you get one last beer, one last meal. What would be? I, the first thing that comes to my mind is like a ceviche and a sour or something. Wow, that's, yeah. that's nice. Like tropical squeeze. It sounds, yeah, that sounds amazing. I want that for ceviche lunch. Ceviche is a good option. Yeah. Yeah. Even a nice dry dry hop sour or sorry even a, a dry hop saison for our yeah. anniversary beers um, for our third and fourth anniversary we did uh, some dry hop saisons we had our three was Nelson it was Nelson so it, yeah. in a French saison it was dynamite so yeah. that with some really nice sushi that would be nice or even oysters oh my god yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yes. mine right there oysters in the imperial style yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be maybe like uh, our sweet Jesus which is uh, mocha marshmallow stout and just yes. some big brownie Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. By the way, don't worry about calorie count at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. That you guys did that because it was a time there was a place in Montreal called Saint Bock. It's like a blue pub slash Saint Bock. Bock. You know Saint Bock. Yeah. So years ago, like uh, before the podcast, we went and they had uh, just a milk stout and they had a marshmallow garnish on the side. Huh. I was I thought it was the sickest thing ever. At beer no, this is before. Oh, at the actual, and then we okay, went yeah. to Chambly. I'm like, yo, they have it here, and it was just every time you took a sip, it just like you got that vanilla whip. Yeah. And you guys took it to the next level <laughs> with the toasted marshmallow on the stick. So I bought a bottle here last time with the sweet so I haven't had it yet but 
Do you have it? It's on the tablet? No, 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 it's gone. Uh, I want to try it with the marshmallow. <laughs> so I have to replicate it. You have to. Yeah, it's your only way, right? And leave the marshmallow in the beer as you drink it. Every Ooh, time you drink you it, like it in. floating in. Yeah. The beer. Every time you drink it, it it's like absorbing the beer as you. You must want the little ones, like a but the char. Like when you take a sip, the char is yeah. beautiful. When we pitched that to the team, we're like, the, okay, tap room team, yeah. this is what we're gonna get do. Get all your blow like, torches. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> we can't do, do that. With a blow torch? Yeah. So yeah. we pre-skewered all these marshmallows, and they use a blow torch, and then they like fan it off with a coaster to put the the fire out, and they lay it over top of the glass. This is like a really cool visual experience. We can't do that. Like. Yeah. Slow everything down. Like we're gonna light stuff Take on fire. All my we money. only lit a few things on fire. Like the bar has a, <laughs> yeah. a burn mark and the foam melted. But because you can put the torch on the continuous yeah, mode, so you don't even have to hold the trigger. It's just right. Just, it just keeps shooting. Right and then put someone it set it down and it fell over and burned our phone. <laughs> and and like, okay, it's, done. it's done. <laughs> but I mean, that was it, just, and it was so worth it. Worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just like that was really. I was like, yeah, that's creative. I yeah. really like that. Cause it was fun. We had a lot of fun. With yeah, it. Very dope. Favorite and least favorite style to brew. Something that gives you trouble, I don't know, something with a lot of fruit or... There's been nightmare brews, but they're not, like, dependent on a style. There's right. been an ephus that in the lauder ton, the water would just not drain whatsoever. And as much as you try, like, our lauder ton has rakes and paddles and everything. But you could try and dig down with a, a canoe paddle to get to the screen and try to make it drain. It just would not drain whatsoever. So after hours of letting it drain, naturally... We open up our spent grain sort of door, mm-hmm. and almost the entire contents of the lauder ton are all over the entire floor. Oh, and now you're k- picking it up with snow and, shovels. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's that wasn't exclusive. Like, Ethos isn't particularly a tricky recipe. It has oats, but not an outrageous amount. Um, and there, there have been others, like, like a Greenwood, that has a lot of oats and a lot of toasted wheat uh, that create those sorts of situations. So it's. What about the sours? Sours are a pain scheduling-wise because uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's a living thing and it's variable. So you can hit the pH after in, say, 12 hours. And sometimes it takes 48 hours. And so trying to right. schedule that into your production schedule is it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty active. And do you have a, like a maybe favorite? A, a favorite? Something that's a, just a pleasure to work with? Um, I don't know. I think um, the Vermont yeast in general has been a pleasure to work with. It's actually a good flocculator. So a lot of the haze you're seeing is not the yeast itself. Right. Uh, it doesn't attenuate as much as like a Cali yeast, so it is it leaves yeast it a little is sweeter. Is it like hops suspension then, or hops and also the malt, like right. the yeah. wheat and nice. the oats? Is that Conan you're using, or uh, yeah, that's yeah. one of the one of the yeah. right. Sorry, mate. Right. Let's, let's talk about this beer just for close for two yep. seconds. Talk about this uh, final beer. Man, that's looking hazy. Does this get hazy? It should always should have always been hazy. It's yeah. possible if you got one that had been sitting cold yeah, upright that, that it settled out a little bit. But we found good. we found ways recently to keep more of that in suspension. Again, it. this is more of our like Vermont inspired rather than New England hazy. Yes. So this is laser show. Yep. Yeah. Um, looks like it's good. Eight percent. Eight percent. Citra Simcoe Centennial Mosaic Double IPA. Um, where did this idea come from? This one. Uh, so Laser Show sort of took the reins from 643, which was our double IPA, but um, just East Coast style. Um, it was our first use of the Vermont yeast. The, the name, Laser Show, there's, a, there's an interview with Dustin Bedroya. Yep. So he 
you're going to want to listen to this because <laughs> I know you like the baseball. <laughs> yeah, you're a big fan, right? I love so, old sports. There's a guy named Dustin Bedroya. He's yeah, probably Dustin, five yeah, foot yeah. ten, hits like yeah. crazy, and he plays for the Red Sox in Boston. Okay. So he was in an interview, and they were asking him about one of his teammates, uh, Big Poppy, yeah. affectionately known. And he, had, he was struggling a little bit to the start of the season. And Pedroia was like, don't worry about Poppy, he'll be fine. Remember last year, I had a slow start, and then he went on to win uh, the MVP of the league or whatever. He's like, remember my struggles last year, then what happened? Laser show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said? Wow. wow. Pedroia said like, that about yeah. Poppy? No, he or said no, that about himself. himself right? Just being line drives, like, home runs, all, all, all parts of the, the park. It's like yeah. smoke show, but laser. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. And that's where that nickname came from for him. I, I mean, like holding that. Yeah, it's yeah, a that's term that's been used in oh baseball for a long time, but he, he used it in like that really classic setting like, in yeah. the interview. And then because like like brush like through casually. He's, 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 he's from Boston. Yeah. T-shirts that said Laser Show, and oh my we had some pushback from Toronto fans that were like, "Why would you do a Red Sox inspired?" Uh, it's awesome. But it was just such a classic reference and such a fun name for such a bold. I don't know, out there. When he's like in your face, yeah. right? He's like, from yeah. Boston. That's the New England connection. Oh wow! <laughs> See, guys, think about this stuff. The whole way, way too much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think this last thing is too much. Well, guys, cheers. 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 Get to Tanya. Tanya. Cheers, cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah. We did pretty well. Saturday morning. We started. We got here yeah. at eleven. Yeah. <laughs> and we only have three more questions, <laughs> so we're gonna bang this out. Worst beer you've ever made. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully any brewery you talk to has dumb batches. So yep, yep. Worst beer I ever made was not um, released into the world. We had a really bad ephus that, for some reason or another, it created like a lot of green apple, Esther. Uh, um, is, that a, is that like a, like a diacetyl zero wood for that? Like acetaldehyde. Yeah, acetaldehyde. Yeah, okay. And that was not... That was it. Literally, was not ephus after it was done fermenting, and so we didn't really say we dumped it. Do you know what happened? Also, the, sorry, go ahead. Uh, one thing we learned there was we brewed it on two separate days to fill one fermenter, and when we casted the second batch, we did it through the bottom rather than through the racking arm, which would point straight up. So we think it didn't mix as well on the second cast, and most of the yeast sort of lived with the first batch, and maybe didn't migrate down. It sounds funny but that was just a, the the only thing different was that and so now when we're casting sort of separate day batches we take more care in actually making sure they blend lesson learned yeah, yeah. The, fir the first batch of sweet jesus we dumped right oh yeah that too so we the first batch of sweet jesus yeah. we dumped wow. that wasn't as bad as that ethos i don't think well maybe it was worse it was bad it <laughs> just <laughs> had i don't think it was bad maybe no maybe it was way worse it just had too way too much roast it was, it was really like roasty. drinking it was like yeah. it was like, like actually chewing on chocolate malt yeah. and it wasn't nice it was too much yeah. so we had so. to adjust the recipe i think yeah what is Excuse me, it's it's a mocha stout? Mocha, mocha marshmallow, marshmallow stout. So we use coffee, vanilla, chocolate. coffee, chocolate, anything else? Lactose. Yeah, and some ceremonial yeah. marshmallows. Some, like, some actual, actual marshmallows. Because <laughs> like, I saw, um, like, you can get, like, this, like, whatever the raw marshmallow ingredient is. It looks like a seed, like a crushed seed. Have you seen that before? There's I've there's the mallow that, yeah. root, Maybe, which I, I think, think mallow, yeah. but where marshmallow, or the concept of the mallow root, 
100 years ago and where the product oh, yeah. is today is totally different. different. Yeah. And like, what is a marshmallow? It's just like a flavored gelatin it's, thing. Yeah. Sugar, like <laughs> vanilla. creaminess, sugar. vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. lactose, vanilla, right. and then yeah, make sure right. there's some sweetness in that beer and right. you're good to go. Yeah. And then ceremonial marshmallows. <laughs> And the marshmallow on your glass. Of course. That's yeah. uh, the best part. Sorry to keep like interrupting that. How oh. did that collab came about? Because that's a really cool one. I've seen a few little things like that. Like where breweries are collabing with local like dope dessert spots or something. Which is, uh, with those guys, we've been friends for a long time. Because we worked together with them on their La Carnita restaurant. So uh, they're big supporters of local beer. And nice. early on, when we, I think we were still contract brewing, we were building the space. We had just announced we were building the space. They approached us and asked if they could put some of our contract brew beer on, on tap. Uh, at all of their La Carnita like Mexican restaurants. Yeah, and at first it was just one, and they grew, and we grew with them. Oh, yeah, it was, was just cool. the first restaurant yeah. in the West End, and then they started opening new restaurants, so we were growing with them, and we were on tap on a couple of taps at each restaurant. Uh, they were carrying Sunlight Park, which like was awesome with some of their, their taco stuff. It was really nice. And then they opened this dessert spot, and right. so we'd been friends for a long time, and they had always wanted to make a beer, and we thought putting a marshmallow in a glass would be a fun thing to do. So we came up with all of these different dessert-inspired, ice cream-inspired beers, but we landed on that one because we were able to do the marshmallow thing, yeah. which was yeah. super fun. Yeah. Visually, like, uh, particularly like on something like Instagram and this current culture, like with beer, like that's uh, that's what got it, Matt people's attention. And very, our, very smart. our team behind the bar, I told you how they were like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> they they loved it over time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the beer's not like, <laughs> yeah, they got to be like like mixing cocktails, yeah. but not because nice. they're like just from here, yeah. right? They got to do the fun stuff, so it was super fun. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. What music do you listen to when you brew, or do you listen to music? <laughs> yeah. uh, we definitely do. Sometimes I tell the brewers that we have the best like soundtrack sound sy- yeah. system. Oh, sound system! Because <laughs> it's a it's just a Marshall speaker. It's like their commercial one that yeah. is Bluetooth enabled and all oh, that. Oh, nice. nice. But uh, that was our original sound system at the front bar, and then we got better, so then we brought it back here. And I just let the guys play whatever they want. I don't want to Is there to a particular genre? Like, it's we talking well, Simon and Garfunkel or, or death metal? Or like, morning, well, everything. everything. Our, morning everything. Brewer, yeah. our morning brewer, Andy, we joked that when we come in, he's listening to Sad Country. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of our other brewers, Dan, he likes um, Father John Misty, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mandy and I... <laughs> Don't, I, I I'm not into, <laughs> not into it. It's not, but like, I, like <laughs> I I actually listen to hip hop and I watch like YouTube things on it. Nice. And Mandy makes a lot of fun of me, but sometimes <laughs> that's what we're listening to. And nice. We had a brewer, Rob, who's not um, brewing with us anymore, oh, yeah, but Rob he was a huge hip hop guy. Yeah. So, yeah. do you ever play music to the beer? Oh to, yeah, like, yeast are living organism. <laughs> yeah, like, get them all hyped up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't go quite that. We haven't, but not a bad idea. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, they know, probably like it. Yeah, yeah. like they were like, oh, we play like Hendrick and stuff to yeah to the well, brewers and stuff to run the jewels. How to collab with the breweries? So. Yeah, Interbar. Yeah, yeah. they did a second one too. Yeah, which is super cool. I love seeing that. So I wonder if you do play it so it can actually change the yeah. I heard something, I forgot what the example was. I heard some really cool stories about like a themed beer that played a certain you guys need to so if you need to no, it's okay. Up, okay. Anyway, I heard like a thing where like it was like a themed beer and then they were able to play a certain sort of like either genre or like artist to the beer as it was No, that's what it was. Uh, in the Bruco, which is one place you have to go to in LA. Okay. Um, one of the brewers is a female brewer and they did that thing for the Pink Boots Society mm-hmm. thing. So they did a special beer, I forgot what it was called. Uh, all their stuff to like Hazy's there you guys will love it and she played I think just a whole bunch of female artists to the or it was one specific one I forgot what it was it was like a really cool theme and then they had a nice launch party to 
celebrated like, yeah. like Women's Day or something like that. It was just a cool idea and it was very consistent conceptually all the way through, which is very much in your lane. So maybe there's like you played that go out to the ball game song. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, uh, do oh, you know I, mean? I don't know. There's, there's a Toronto Cicerone. She's actually a master Cicerone. Morella Amato. Oh, yes, I've heard of her. I think she has classical opera training as well, and she hosts okay. events during Toronto Beer Week, which is opera pairing with beer. Wow, that's <laughs> super <smart>. cool. <laughs> Love it. That would do. That's good. Last but not least, what's your favorite hop? Okay. <laughs> Aside from Nelson, I guess. Yeah, Who's that's your what favorite I was, child? That's where I was like, go. <laughs> Nelson. Is that just because it's we, hard to get? Is that why? Or is it just because it's so fire? We've only made one beer with it, and it's one of my, my fondest yeah. memories yeah. of one of our beers. So. I love that. Um, For me, it used to be Simcoe because uh, I just, I, I guess I loved it. But it used to be? I that's guess what, now the show. Yeah, it, it changes with yeah. the season. And Wrigley was a Simcoe-focused beer. And we did, we've done Prospect Simcoe's, Prospect's a single hop IPA that we do. Um, so for the most part, it's Simcoe. But not all Simcoe is created equally. Sometimes you can smell it and it's amazing and sometimes Less amazing. Different farms, or is it just the different uh, farms, crops? Yeah, That's one like thing I learned going to our... going to the harvest. It's just like pick window, like lot. They, they all play a huge importance. Wow. Yeah. It's with our joke. beer too, we we have hop contracts, so we're able to make like really hop forward beers with some of our hops, but we only have specific hops. So we have a lot of Simcoe. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of Citra. Citra. Do we, we have a bunch of Amarillo. Yeah, Cascade and Centennial. Cascade so and Centennial. there's a real risk of all of our IPAs sort of being similar, and so we try and introduce other hops from other whatever you can. Yeah, other so sources to next make week them we're different. launching a, a two hop IPA. So it's like our Prospect series where we use a single hop, but it's just two that are blended together. Yes. Uh, and we're using Equinod and Amarillo. And when I taste it, I'm like, whoa, this doesn't taste like a left field beer. Yeah. Many of our IPAs yeah, do taste right. kind of like, kind of similar to one another. So I'm excited <laughs> right. to release it because it's like it's got the qualities of some of our IPAs, but it, the hop do you guys use things like uh, lupulin powder, hop hash, yeah. hop yep. oil, stuff like that? So actually, you mentioned Spaceman. You guys tasted it on one of your yeah, podcasts. Yes, that was yep. our first use of um, lupulin powder. That itself has come a, a little ways. First, it was a, a powder. Um, then they made the powder into pellets. And oh. when you dry up with the powder, it sort of sits on the surface of the liquid. Right. But the pellets, they, they sink more, and then they break open. And it's just been way better. Are they, do they look like the other They look exactly, pellets? yeah. Yeah. So, like trade name-wise, a regular hop pellet's called a T90. Mm -hmm. 90 is it's 90% of the whole leaf. Okay. So some of the, like, sticks and other sure. stuff's gone out. Right. But 90%? Yeah. Uh, lupulin powder or lupulin pellets, they're sort of like a T45 or a T35. So it's, like, even less plant matter and more of the lupulin. Uh, Okay. So there is still some plant matter. Yeah, That's there's still some, but it's more of the good stuff and less of the... Less of the chlorophyll. Yeah. yeah right. So actually, That's for smart. Greenwood, Greenwood, there's so many hops in the kettle and the whirlpool that it actually makes it hard to, to cast and transfer and get a good yield. So we started using um, those cryo pellets in the whirlpool because you can add half as much with the same impact, but half as much. That's what those cryo hops were. I was wondering, yeah. is it, it's the crushed or the pressed lupulin yeah. powder. Interesting. So cryo meaning, I thought cryo was cryo, like frozen. So that's a, a YCH, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the like their name for it's it. It's their name right? for it, which yeah. they process it at sub-zero temperatures or whatever, and 
to make sure there's no oxygen. You can buy them at like your uh, home, local yeah. homebrew store as well. Yeah, I mean, use them quite expensive, but, probably, right? Like, uh, I think because it's like a little more than they are, right? It's just like yeah. getting the hot. Yeah, they're actually so they're twice as potent, but yeah. more than twice as expensive. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's. I'm sure it's like a processing. processing. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got to freeze them and stuff, that's equipment. So there's also hop hash is another thing that so people that's use. Love hop hash. That's different. So oh. that's that's actually just like resin that's sort of left over from the pellet mill or other processing areas, and I I'm not sh- sure as much about how they capture that, but right. that's it's like pure resin. Right. So that is as opposed to the. Uh, Sort of the like cryo a, stuff. So yeah. it's two different things. A reduced similar to plant. the marijuanas. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar. They're close cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, when that goes legal, it's about to be a problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you guys do a beer with uh, cannabis? When it's legal. When it's that legal. was actually... We did a... Oh, yeah. April Fool's Day. We released a... We released... A lineup of protein-inspired beers, and one of them was oh like a sour. Oh my god, beef sour. stock was. So yeah, yeah. Beef yeah. Beef I was like, I kind of want beef. Like, yeah. I'll try beef. And then we did bang bong instead of bang bang yeah. bang. Yeah, yeah. And that was a hemp sour. So good. And then people were like, you could actually make the hemp sour. Like, yeah, I guess we kind of could. And now that people still come through the door yeah, since like, April first, so like, like the final, can I get the bang bong? I'm like, no, that's not no, a real beef. Final one was something like carp, which is a maritime saison. So, okay. so maybe, yeah, people seem to want to buy it. So. I feel like it's good. Someone was telling me the other day, like, I swear to God, like yesterday or the day before, I don't know, things blood, that they, they, like, do something and it just smells like, like, I don't think Oh, it's yesterday at Amsterdam they were telling us. That's what it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it said it smelled like it. Yeah. But I don't know if they, uh, any THC transfers through. I don't think it's in the process. It doesn't work. It yeah. has to be soluble fats or something. But the, um, it just smells like a, a bowl, which I guess a lot of dang, you know, yeah. like West Coast IPA, you can they describe this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Once, once it is legalized, I'm not sure if it would be on, like, the approved list of ingredients according to... Like who regulates? Like beer. Anyways, CFI, yeah. Right? yeah. If it would be approved beer ingredient yeah, right away, some kind of license or something. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. there could be guys on a nano scale that are willing to take that risk, but yeah, right. for you guys, we haven't really looked into it yet. Well, I guess no. we'll see when it comes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. July or whatever. Yep, yeah. I heard it got pushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did get too. pushed. Yeah, so. Come on, Justin, he's got to sort it out, man. Jeez, is there anything else we need to touch on? The questions are done. Did we cover everything? We did pretty well. This I is uh, two hours and ten minutes. I know Whoa. we're kind of joking. Talk. I know it's kind of flies, right? Flies. No, I know. That's perfect. Mark's not going to talk. He's not a very chatty guy. You can't shut the guy up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, thank you so much thank for having you. us. No it's like a legitimate pleasure. You guys are doing some really fantastic stuff, and I uh, really appreciate everything yeah. you guys are doing for. Uh, L, my stomach fat. Yeah. <laughs> my belly's loving it. Um, where can they find you online? What's the best way? Leftfieldbrewery.ca. And you can buy all of these beers at leftfieldbrewery.ca. Direct Get to your house if you live in Ontario. The best. Anywhere in Ontario. Best. I wish they would change that. I know. Yeah. It, is yeah. Just like, like yeah. So it should be Canada. Like, at least. It should be Canada, yeah. but at the very least, if you're Ontario. Yeah. Or if you're not, get a mate in Ontario, get yeah. ordered. Make it, make it happen. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Uh, and social media is at Leftfield. No. Instagram is at Leftfield Brewery. Yeah. Twitter is at LF, LF Brewery. Brewery. Yep. 
that's enough. That's all that matters. Facebook, just You'll find there. Yeah. Just search for Life Library. Google, that's it. You know how to search. Exactly. Type stuff in. Guys, that's it. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, chuck us a big fat thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you can get the uh, the videos when they drop. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. And check out the long form audio so you can have wonderful conversations like this uh, on uh, everywhere you get your talking media. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, shoot us a rate and review. It helps things good. That is it, guys. Thank you again. Cheers. Yeah. Get in, yeah. yeah. <laughs>